Hello, and welcome to Intimate Discourse. My name is Jason, and I'm a human being. This episode is the first in a series examining some of the singular attributes that define us as a species. It will also note how these uniquely human characteristics must be fundamentally incompatible with any artificial intelligence. While the series will mostly focus on us, human folk, and the various ways we instantiate these carbon-centric attributes, it will also initiate a wider debate into the logical, ethical, and philosophical implications of AGI, artificial general intelligence. This is possibly the defining issue of our times. As advances in AI continue, and as it becomes more and more embedded in our everyday life, it is crucial that the public become more involved in the dialogue surrounding it, or at the very least, more aware of the scope and scale of what's beginning to happen. It's a topic we, as a society and as a species, need to engage in soberly, honestly, and with a certain degree of transparency. While artificial intelligence has already done so much to improve our collective lives, there is a terrifying downside in placing too much faith in these technologies, or in the researchers and companies designing them. We must tread carefully, together, with eyes wide open. We must analyze the risks, weigh the benefits, and proceed accordingly. It is my hope that this series can play some small part in the wider discussion that needs to happen over the coming years. This first episode in the series, All Too Human, deals with remorse, and by extension, the apology. It was recorded on August 14th, 2022, in Toronto, Canada. Welcome to the show. My name is Jason, and I'm here with Dimitri. Hello, everyone. And uh, we're going to be talking about apologies today, uh, the evolution of the apology, the um, sort of related uh, um, attributes of an apology, um, just all things apology, all apologies. That's what we're going to be doing today. So no, ode to Kurt Cobain. Um, there are so many places to start with this. I know it seems like a kind of a random, <laughs> a random topic, um, but... Uh, there's actually a lot to it. So it's interesting. I like kind of exploring these things like we almost take for granted sometimes. Um, just uh, personality traits and things like that. I think one of the most important things, and I, th I haven't uh, told you about this, Dimitri, but I think we should do this uh, uh, show as part of a series that we should do on distinctly human characteristics and contrast that with... Because we, you know, on this show we talk a lot about AI, and um, there's a lot of uh, move right now by some big AI companies um, to just replicate like human behavior, yeah. and and a lot of um, a lot of the problems with around like getting AGI, like um, artificial general intelligence, where you have like a um, like a robot that is actually thinking for itself and um, very much simulating. Um, human thought, uh, you, you would, um, uh, there are, uh, you, you know, it gets a little, it gets a little scary. And when you see like, so do you know the Turing test? Yeah. So, yeah, of course. And so this idea of sitting, a, a, a an AI down or having a conversation with an AI and, and a, and a regular human and, you know, for a random observer to be able to decide which one is the human and which one is the AI. Um, that's sort of the Turing test. So like uh, in, in terms of like 
artificial intelligence. But um, as we get closer to that point where the average person won't be able to distinguish between the two, um, I think, um, and I still think we're a ways off for that. Like just if you see some of the things that AI can do, like I don't know if you ever watched any of these YouTube videos, but they'll have like, you know, they'll do like sort of interviews with a, a um, an AI and it will be like um, asking questions, you know, and it'll say things like, you know, yeah. is there a God? Is there, and you can tell just by their responses that this isn't like a, this isn't like human thought. Now, did you hear the news though about a month ago that I think some Google engineer tried to make the proclamation that the AI he was interviewing yeah. became sentient? And that seemed like a yeah. big publicity thing. Yeah. See, hungover. I don't know. I, I, I know the guy too. It's like seeing, well, you know, it was a great way for him to get, you know, out there and start talking about things. I, I listened to him. If it's the same person I'm thinking of, um, cause I remember that story came out and I was like, what is this now? Mm -hmm. And, um, it's great clickbait and you know, I clicked on a bunch of them, but, um, he, yeah, I, 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 I don't buy that. I mean, we could have, we could talk about that if you want, but I, I just mean it's, um, I don't think AI will ever be sentient, but, um, at least not with, I mean, but if it's not perceptible to us for all intents and purposes. Yeah, I, there's a whole argument to be made there, but it just, I, it really, the funny thing is, like so many things, it comes back to your fundamental beliefs, and then you get into this, like, it, when you start putting belief into science, like in injecting that, it becomes more and more subjective and more, you know, it's like I always thought, like, if I ever had a conversation with Richard Dawkins, <laughs> it's like, because mm. I do believe in God, but it's like, I can't logically explain it. I can give you, I, you know, I can, I can talk you through the lot, my logic yeah. of it, because I'm not, it's not just like a blind faith or whatever, but, you know, some of it, it's just so subjective. And I can totally understand why, you know, somebody who hasn't had the same experiences or aren't, or isn't buying into the same sort of subjective, um, criteria that I, that I'm explaining, which is why I believe it. Then, you know, I like the, the atheistic response makes sense to me, um, in a sort of empirical way. It just doesn't make in a, sense. In a very two dimensional mechanistic sort of way. And I think that's the yeah. problem. Like yeah. Exactly. As, as far as we think we are advanced in these things, we're, we're in such an infantile mode. Yeah. Yeah. Right. To try to explain that, which is more of an intuition or faith-based or lived experience, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I do think we're we're moving forward, but we have, it's hubris. I think we're getting anywhere close to solving that problem. Yeah. 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 I, I think that there's, um, there's a lot of, a lot of work to be done. I mean, and of course with AI it becomes the question of, you know, how far do we want to go? I, you know, I think there's a ton of positive, positive benefits to it. It's just that it's, um, uh, you know, it just depends on the trajectory we take as a, as a whole, as yeah, a society. It's a, it's a tool. Yeah. Not a replacement for reality. Right, right. Um, but so that, all that being said, I think it's, you know, we can do, we'll do a series of shows sort of highlighting attributes, which I think make us distinctly human. And I think this idea of an apology is something that makes the, the idea of feeling guilt for something and feeling, having that sort of um, be the catalyst to apologize to somebody. I mean, in theory, this is how apologies are supposed to happen anyway, yeah. but um, so I let somebody down. Could right, a, right. Could a computer AI like, feel like I let you down? Yeah. <laughs> I told you that I really should have said sell the stock at this price. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they program that into some sort of um, AI, like you're not getting that feeling. I mean, I, I can't understand how it would be possible to get it. Mm. You know, how complicated would the circuitry have to be, like the software circuitry, have to be for it to be 
actually having feelings of and it, if it doesn't yeah if it doesn't guilt. mean it then it's not real yeah no matter how you perceive it right right yeah and that and that's sort of like and that's i guess a lot of what apologies are is like there are a lot of insincere apologies right like we've mm. certainly seen it. um uh and Anyway, this is this is one of the things we, we're going to be analyzing today in terms of the apologies. But I do think that this is a sort of a distinctly human characteristic. It's something that if you're designing an AI, I can't imagine how you would design that. I would love to hear, you know, um, artificial artificial intelligence researchers would, tell like it would almost have to be like the AI has its own life and grows up to know these things and just reacts naturally. Right, right. You Some know, sort yeah. of heuristic growth curve. Yeah, yeah. But, but but yeah, because <clears throat> because you, you can't. Um, well, this is the, I remember once I, I took this class where uh, it was like a sci-fi, it was like such a, it was at Ryerson actually, it was just such a, it was a uh, sci-fi, um, what was it, like on sci-fi authors or whatever, it was like sci-fi fantasy, it was just like a, I needed credits to, to do something, and uh, so it was like the easiest class I've ever taken, but like um, when we were doing the, do, um, the Philip K. Dick do robot it was the blade runner yeah the was the movie the book yeah. it would do do robots dream of electric sheep or whatever of course, yeah. um so we were talking about that and we watched blade runner in there as well and it's like well, and then and the question was put to the class so you know um the morality of do you kill an ai and this and that and i i stood up and i was like to everyone's horror said yeah i mean i would probably you know rape and kill the ai with no qualms whatsoever and it was just like because you know they're not uh, they're not like they're not sentient they're not human like and i know that that might seem like kind of a hopelessly naive kind of um position to take but they're not endowed with a soul which is i do believe in a soul i and, and i don't know what the soul is i don't i couldn't i'm just that's like a catch-all phrase or whatever yeah. but like you're not you know if humans are designing it however you no matter what you put into the code, you're still um, you're still left with something that is designed by humans, and we're we're not, um, you know, I don't know. It, so for you, it was yeah. as simple as if I want to take a baseball bat to my car, it's a baseball bat to my car. I don't need to feel guilty about that. Right, I'd feel more guilty about the baseball bat to the car. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 not. We real. have to remember yeah. that I, you know. Uh, robots, it's just like when the robots take over, you know, 30 years from now, I'll be the first one against the, <laughs> uh, first one against the wall. But, uh, <laughs> but I do think that it's, we have, we have to sort of remember that and putting it in those stark terms is like, like, let's not romanticize this idea, yeah. uh, about, um, what we're giving birth to here. You well, know? I'm with like, you. For me, it's just a tool. It's a tool. It's yeah. a tool. And to make it anything more grander than a tool is, um, it's almost demean demeaning to the human experience. Yeah, you know, yeah. and life in general. I, yeah. It's not life; it's a tool. It's a hammer. Exactly, and I think it's, it's, a, it's extraordinarily useful. Hammer. It is. Yeah, it's really course. the next, the next evolution of you know, um, um, what, you know. I just think of like two thousand and one, and the you know that kind of iconic moment where the ape has the tool and discovers how yeah. to use it. It's sort of the next yeah. phase of that, right? Like, um, but you have. Uh, I I do think it's like. Um, it, it's extraordinarily interesting. And I do think that as that tool, like when you start to get to the point where we've designed them and now they're designing other thems and they become, you know, there is this sort of like software-based consciousness in the sense that they are like, you know, for all intents and purposes, their brain would ha be able to retrieve all the facts and all the, 
like, can you imagine, so, so can you imagine now if somebody just, you say you realize that you were, um, you know, we go back to Battlestar Galactica, say yeah. you realize you were a Cylon, you know what I mean? Like yeah. what kind of existential crisis would that breed in you? Or would you just kill yourself at that point? Because it's like, well, I'm not real. Or would you feel real? I mean, this it's something like when you find out you're an orphan at 25 or you're adopted, not orphan, but adopted at 25. These aren't my real parents. Yeah, it probably is. Something, is yeah, know, it's probably nature. like a minor version of that. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's probably the same sort of you crisis. You adapt and deal with it. I don't know. I don't know yeah. But I mean, but for example, like if you thought you were, and I, you know, if you thought you were, if you were discovered you were a Cylon now, um, you wouldn't want somebody to kill you still, right? So there'll, there'll still be like a self-defense mechanism sort of built into them for their own survival. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, you're talking about super highly advanced levels, though. I don't think we're anywhere near yet. Yeah. You know, so yeah, theoretically, yeah, if you, I guess, yeah, it's like data and Star Trek, like you just want to stay alive mm -hmm. because it, um, it's real to you right, at that right. point, you know? Sure. I think that, the presumption, though, of but that, it, even though it feels real, doesn't make it real. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and that's the real. thing we're talking about it's it as if it's real. like we're talking from a human perspective. Like, well, what would it be like for an AI to suddenly have that consciousness of, oh, I'm actually not real? Yeah. But I don't think that they would have it the same way. They but wouldn't it, have that experience. And inevitably, way. it isn't real. Like you're watching a movie and you're watching two people like uh, act a really, you know, traumatic scene. But it's not real. You know, there's right, a certain right. moment, like, but I feel it. I'm feeling emotions. These are really, in, mm. they're they're acting. They're they're embedding themselves into the emotions of it. But it's not real. Yeah. There's a moment where you say cut, and it's it's over. You know, right. no matter how wonderful you've constructed that, either AI or a movie scene or. Whatnot. But isn't there like a Twilight Zone episode or something where there's. Um, the characters in the movie they find out that they're in a movie like it would be the kind the same kind of mm. thing. This is like. <laughs> Um, you can find out whatever you want. If it, you can you can perceive it from your subjective point of view. I think, however, the person wants, mm -hmm. but it doesn't make it real. It's kind of going back to like you know pop culture today. It's my subjective experience versus objectivity. You know, you can get into I feel like a man, but I'm a woman. You know, like so to my feelings. Right. Like you can go anywhere with this. I think there's a certain point you have to just go back to objectivity. Yeah, I think that we have to, it's sort of like Newtonian physics, like you have to have objectivity in the sense of just so you can make your way in the world and live a life, right? Like, is if you start like getting too obsessed with like, you know, maybe the quantum mechanical world or all these sort of, like, you can always question anything. Is this table really a table? Is this a pipe? Like, you How know, do I know if something exists on the other side of your coffee cup, if I can't actually see the other side of the coffee yeah, cup. Well, you know, everything's made of like all, you know, this, you know, everything's made of like molecules and atoms mm -hmm. and the atoms are spaced so far apart. There's so much empty space. It's like, well, is it even real? Like, how is it like, True. so it's, you could get it. You could really go down, you know, that proverbial rabbit hole, but it doesn't really help you in a sort of day to day. Like there's an intuition to it where you're like, okay, like I know. Like, this is real. And I can understand how an AI would be thinking differently from us. Like, it wouldn't be having that same human experience of, oh, shit, I'm a, um, oh, I, I just realized I'm a, um, you know, I'm not a human and yeah. not real. Yeah. I've heard, too, like, um, the way to prevent the robot robots from taking us over is simply treat them with uh, absolute human respect from the moment they, we start creating them. So there's no reason for them to ever want to feel animosity towards the human species. Yeah, I guess. Right? From the very day, like now, we start with like, you know, in our constitutions, this mm -hmm. is life sort of thing. Yeah, but I don't, I think that, I don't know, it's so, like it, relying on like, um, you know, like there will be a point probably fairly soon where 
well, in so many different levels, AI is so much better than humans processing sure. and whatnot. So it's like you ever get a situation where they're actually like making decisions and like making other AI, like it's just a, that will very rapidly, like, I don't, I don't think our kind of the framework of our, um, the morality that we impose on it will, I think there will be a point where it supersedes that, where it's sort of like, if there's any kind of heuristics to it, it'll kind of be like, okay, well, you know, for our survival, we have to do this yeah. or, or all it takes is one time for that. You know, even if they're most of the time, well, you don't have to go too far. Now you have like the green initiatives on earth and that, and humans are a virus, you know, right, program right. Yeah. that into some yeah. AI. And the ethical thing to do is to treat right. just like we treated, let's say unvaccinated people. How dare they, why do we tolerate <laughs> them and take up space on this earth? How yeah. far is it for AI to say, well, humans are the actual virus on earth. And so for the betterment of the universe we need to get yeah. rid of humans so yeah you can go anywhere with that that's why we need to stay on top <laughs> right right <laughs> right yeah we got to stay in control I, I just it seems so like really naive like to just like hopelessly naive to think that we can create this thing well it's yeah. like a whole pandora's box thing so it's like we're going to create it and it's like we've just created something that is going to be like exponentially more intelligent than us but we'll keep it under control <laughs> like, yeah exactly then i wonder just like my sci-fi brain will it be humans that side with the robots and will there be then robots that actually feel sorry inside yeah. for the humans they break Baltar. away yeah what's that Gaius Baltar. yeah 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 and they'll just break away from the uh, other hive like ai structure like no i'm with the humans on this one yeah we're gonna have some pretty interesting wars in the future. Amazing, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. No, and it's then, a, and how will they apologize to each other? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's bring it back. Um, so yeah, anyway, so that's the overall context here. So I, I do think that um, so getting into apologies, you know, obviously it's a uniquely char uh, human characteristic uh, to feel that kind of regret and to um, and to. Uh, you know, express it in the form of like an I'm sorry and this and that. I think it has to be lived. I think I like I like the way this conversation started because jumping with AI, it really hasn't lived that life to feel regret. I don't right. know. If you, I don't know if you can program that in, it would have to be programmed in such a way that, like I said, there's a growth curve to the AI, like the way you first release it in beta isn't the way it ends up. It actually naturally develops on its own. If you could do yeah. that, then you maybe we could naturally program in some self-taught morality where it actually feels regret well yeah I, true I, because i need but i mean then i just wonder if maybe there would be a uh, case where it would just you could embed experiences or something so yeah you know a total recall i don't know right. one of those yeah. take a vacation you don't have to even leave we'll just program the memories into you as if you right. had taken the vacation yeah perhaps perhaps yeah yeah um I do think with a lot of those things, I don't, I, I don't, well, I'm trying not to get off topic, but like, I do think a lot of those things are, you know, we talk about these things hypothetically, like as if we'd be able to embed memories in and as if we'd be able to, you know, have kind of that vacation. I think it's kind of like, and I know I bring up the quantum physics stuff a lot, but I think there will be a point where we sort of think that these things are going to be possible because they seem in theory possible to us now if we just keep going forward. But there's a wall somewhere where it becomes impenetrable, like um, where, you know, you might not, like you you get to a point where you're like, it's it's almost like a, that's the barrier where it's like, okay, we kind of can't get around that, I don't that know. thing. So I'll play counter to my point where I think AI should be limited or it'll never make it. Because in the end, I think human creativity is limitless 
And if we can just mm -hmm. dream it, we can make it. The question is whether we should. Well, you, maybe. Yeah, I see. So um, we can make anything given the right time. Well, yeah, maybe, but not really. Like we can't make a time machine. We maybe can. Well, but 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 that's bound by. This is what I'm talking about. Like if you're bound by certain laws, like if you're bound by the speed of light, the maximum of the speed of uh, for speed now. Of light, for now. Right. No, I, I see what you're saying, but it's uh, but those, these are these kind of walls that I think come up where it's like, okay, like, for example, the whole uncertainty principle. So you can't actually, like, if you wanted to figure, if you wanted to get really down to the muck with quantum physics, it's like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's try And this is, you know, what they tried to do is like trying to determine like position and momentum and like try to figure out like in a classical world, it's like, okay, you know, like in Newton's world, it's like, you know, you could, you could predict with accuracy, like where, you know, as long as you knew where everything was and how fast everything yeah. was going, you could figure out like basically the whole fate of the universe. But because you have so, but if you keep going on a smaller and smaller level, you get to a point where you can't actually do that physically. So it's like, and if you can't actually do that, then it means that there is unpredictability built into the and system. You're not a god, <laughs> right? Well, exactly. So that's sort of the blurring where it's like um, that's way out there, though. Like, no, but know, I mean, yeah. but it's the same thing with the time machine. It's like okay, then you know. It's great to say, I mean, I know t like tachyon particles or whatever, something that can go faster than light in theory or something like that. But um, if you have that limit where it's like nothing can go faster than the speed of light and um, it, like how do you how do you kind of, um, I don't know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you have to, you can say, you can say something is possible, but until we actually do it, it's really not possible. Like, course, so, uh, so I, I guess that seems fairly like an obvious thing to say, but like, I, I know what you're, but I, I know what you're saying too. Yeah. Like it's just so many infinite possibilities, like for us to, yeah, we're talking like maybe like millions of years of human development to get there. That's, that's an interesting thing about religion then. Cause it's kind of mm -hmm. like the hack. It's kind of like, you don't need to do all that. <laughs> right, you can right. peek behind a curtain, you know, your consciousness or whatever. We got yeah. you, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's sort of like the built in almost like, mechanism that makes it a rigged game like the universe is infinitely big and like you said infinite number of possibilities in order to make time travel happen that you just can never solve it yeah and even yeah. trying to go down such a rabbit hole is something that's it's gonna um if all what's it, the expression um uh, good intentions is the path to uh, road yeah. uh, pays to good intentions yeah like yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. and maybe that's the thing like if we're just um it's a, it's almost rigged because there's just so many var variables. You will never actually get to that end point. Mm -hmm. Don't even try that. Right. And then, you know, in a sense, religion kind of comes in and goes, you don't really need to even go there. That's going to take up so much time and energy from the yeah. human species. It's a dead end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You just, you're not going to find what you're looking for right, if you right. go in that direction. Yeah. It is limitless and therefore yeah. impossible because mm -hmm. it's uh, so many, uh, you know, the, the algorithm is infinitely big. Right. You'll right. never solve it. Yeah. So don't try. So, but then you get into like... Um, don't try too hard. Right, you know, obviously, right. you want a better quality of life and stuff, but don't throw all your eggs in that basket. Yeah. And actually, I do I do think that's true. And, and yeah, like I, I, that's... Because I think that there is sort of the God principle where it's like, you, you know, I think that there is a bit of an... Like, I say this with no proof and obviously, like, mm -hmm. I, it's just an opinion, but like, um, that God truly does guide things to some extent, like not in a way where it's like, you know, necessarily he's showing up somewhere and like pushing something. It's like, oh, let's make the stock market go up a little bit today. But um, I think that there's some sort of 
intelligence that we don't understand that does guide certain forces that are, you know, kind of like, like, okay, like definitely don't want the Nazis to have the atom bomb first. Like, you know what I mean? Like certainly certain like things that nudge things along. Interventionalist God versus sort of the prime mover. Like the only miracle that ever happened was the the beginning of time and everything that has come since then is a miracle, but from the original miracle and it cascades forward. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. You don't say, you know, God bless you. And he stops, uh, you know, and just turns around and gives you your blessing and move on sort of thing. Right. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever solve that one. It could be, why can't it be a bit of both? You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's um, um, yeah, I think it's not, not something we can we'll ever understand. But I will say, if AI does get to the point where they're like, you, you know, really, um, you know, because of the speed of computation and the this sort of exponential learning that can go on, maybe they can solve some of the, um, some of the problems that we, um, maybe they can. You know, you're talking about like complex problems and we'll never be able to find yeah. things out. I mean, some things will be able for sure, because like just the amount of computation they can they can do, um, it, it would like the problem couldn't be something that like right now as humans, we have a problem with like, for example, um, you know, finding uh, like for, like encryption. Encryption works because humans can't calculate so many um iterations of, of like w- calculations or whatever so it's like so that's why encryption works but you know if you have an ai that is able to i mean i guess encryption is about example because you're talking about really large numbers but eventually ai the speed of com- computing power um yeah actually you don't even really need ai for that but like computing power and ai combined just anything that is a computational problem will be solved but it's like things that are a little more like complex in the sense that we don't even know the variables know. we don't know the variables yeah, yeah. to even quantify in this case right you know? yeah because if the universe by definition is limitless you yeah. can't possibly know what you're aiming for do you know that they have ai now like that that can um detect uh like cancer in the sense mm-hmm. of if you breathe on them yeah, they, yeah like like, that, like, like that's crazy but that like but that's so um I mean, obviously, that's like a, a beneficial uh, thing for humanity, but it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So you get, but you get that. But it's a tool. It's a tool, but you, you you see how that builds, right? So then you'd have like. But the building requires, like, we're literally at still Stone Age, uh, mm-hmm. you know, cavemen with the hammer going, this, now we've got power. Right. Not realizing right. that we're still like on the same continent, never mind planet, never mind galaxy, yeah. sort of thing, right? Like, it's. So how does that, um, how does that, you know, as a society, what do we need to do, like, if we want to use AI as a tool, mm-hmm. what are the things that we that we want to um, use it for? Uh, like, what what should be off limits? I guess for for AI. What should be? You know, I'm gonna. I don't think I'm answering your question, but I think I'm gonna say something that makes sense. Your spirituality. Like, I don't know why, because I think it becomes two separate roads sometimes. Are you gonna take right. this path or this path? Right. right? How about just a holistic you, your health, your body, your mind, your soul, whatever you want to call it, is like we like develop time. We, we put time into developing all these things that we know best of after a couple thousand years here of civilization. And simultaneously, we continue with, you know, modern technology. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know why it has to be such a, a duality, so like a paradoxical sort of thing. Like you must pick one path or the other path. No, but I mean, if you wanted to have like AI, if you, if, if it's a tool yeah. and there are certain and things we know. just a tool though. It's just a hammer. Right. What would be some things that we wouldn't want to use the tool for? Like for example. For replacing your spirituality. 
I think sometimes it becomes a new religion oh. unto itself. Okay. That's what I'm trying yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah. Like this is everything. Right, we'll reach right. the singularity and have no more problems and transhumanism and mm. all this stuff. And you've really kind of just derailed yourself from the other um, not easily quantifiable knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, yeah. and so that's a path, right? Like, and I think you need to try to embrace both paths. Yeah. No, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, there's a I'm lot of reverence for it. I'm not anti-science in the least, but I'm really pro-spirituality too. And I don't think they have to, they're in such different veins. I don't think, yeah. they may circle around to the same point, you know, millions of years as we develop as a species, but we're nowhere near that yet. So I'll let one be one and the other one be the other one. And I enjoy them both for what they are. Yeah. But I don't let one replace the other. You, know, you have spiritual people like I don't need any tech. I'm gonna live on an island like Tom Hanks. Okay, but you know you're you're putting a lot of wear and tear on that body, and you might not live right, as right. long, right? Yeah. And I don't, yeah. you know, if someone wants to live like that, that's fine. But I wouldn't promote that for myself, like or my family. Mm -hmm. And simultaneously, living in a, a one million dollar, four hundred square foot condo, uh, detached from any uh, interpersonal relationships and love for nature and uh, getting to know yourself is also not particularly. Um, I wouldn't call it fulfilling. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the issue with AI is um, an issue. Like, I'm sure you can, like you said, program this in. But as humans, you know, we, we, are, we're, we are tribal creatures. Right. Right. And so, uh, you know, we have the blue team versus the red team, the Shia versus the Sunni, the Protestant versus the Catholic. Like, we are so tribal in literally every aspect. Um, the capacity to compromise has been the highlight of human evolution. And I don't know if that you can, you're, you're saying like tie that into AI at some point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, negotiating power, um, compromising your values. Can you compromise a value mm -hmm. when you are a computer program? That's or, the thing. You know, it's well, quite interesting, right? But, but that's the thing, like, you know, and obviously the programming is much more complex than this, but I always yeah. think of it in the terms of like, okay, so say you're programming something into, uh, uh, you know, uh, some AI software and you're like, okay, for... Um, if you want to have, um, maybe your val, like think of computer games where you're assigning a certain level of attributes. like, yeah, attributes and it's like plus three, plus four or yeah. whatever. It's really just an outgrowth of that, isn't it? I mean, how else do you say like, so but, if you're saying but, compromise, but you're, those, those values that you're just putting in are already programmed. How do you know it's a plus one and not a plus seven? That person, that AI's lived experience. Where do you draw that even? Like, like it's so, like you said, infinite number. Like a George Bush, a thousand points of light. Like but it literally it, cascades into this like three D yeah. spectrum of like numbers. Like you know. And isn't it, it, and it's kind of like algorithmic, like even if you have an AI that's like learning, you're still, it's like, okay, now I'm not plus seven, I'm plus eight, or I'm, you know what yeah. I mean? There's you literally always... have to have each AI be its own thing. Yeah. You know, like how that one particular robot, let's say, interprets its lived experience has to be different from another robot. Right. If they are overlappingly similar in too many ways, mm -hmm. um, that being said, to counter my point a little bit there too, you know, our belief uh, in foundational values as humans supersedes our religious, political, and sexual identities. Mm -hmm. So we do as humans have core values too. Right. Like a certain, you know, whether, you know, it's your country you're born in or religion you are. Yeah. So yeah, I guess you could program a baseline into that and then grow from there. But there still has to be room for so much individualism mm -hmm. inside the robotic experience. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a real it's a real interesting uh, topic. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like you know, pure reason, logic, values. These are these are the things that enrich people in a truly classical, liberal sense. Mm -hmm. And I don't. I just don't know if you're going to get there with um, 
uh, AI and, and not a meaningful time for humanity, you know, in time right. frame, you know, like it's, it's just, I don't, I think it's a bit of a, is it the expression of red herring? You know, we're taking us down a yeah. certain path that's really not going to provide for us. It's kind of like transhumanism. Like, we're going to have radical life extension. Oh, wonderful. What does that mean? Well, instead of living to 120, AI will now let you to live to be 130. The problem is getting to 120 to begin with. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Which comes back to core basic human, you know, mm -hmm. don't put too much stress on your body. Eat great food. Have a job, a work-life balance that is appropriate. Yeah. You know, all these things are not technologically um, relevant. You know? Well, though, I would say, though, in terms of life extension, you do get into a thing where, I mean, if you have, if you have um, technology that is able to detect cancers, like, at the drop of a hat, and you, you know, you know, if you start eliminating these um, pathogens, or if you're able to kind of go in there and much more quickly identify, I, you know, it's a tool still. It, oh, of course, it's a tool, yeah. but I, I'm just thinking, like, in terms of life extension, like, I can see, you know, there being so everybody wears their own, has their own little personal AI. Yeah, thing 55, in instead of getting pro, uh, get prostate cancer, the AI picks it up and you yeah, make yeah, it and to. Yeah, it just keeps shooting them down. Sure. They're, um, yeah, of course. You yeah. know, it's. I'm not against medical science in any either medicine or science. Oh, really? I thought you uh, weren't vaccinated. <laughs> but but the the trade-off for every dollar spent to try to get you from 120 to 130 would be better mm. off trying to get you from 60 to 120, especially on a global perspective. Like, how dare we in the West try to like you know, increase our our life expectancy through technology to 130 when there's people in Africa that don't have drinking water? Mm, right? I, yeah, like, isn't I that mean, money better spent there? Yeah, but it's not a money. Well, I, but that's. I mean, that's. I don't know. I don't agree with that argument because I, I just think it's like a because okay. So what company? So okay, go ahead and do it then. You know what I mean? Like, well, <laughs> like, like you have like for example, like there's no money in helping the poor. James. No, I, I'm not. I know, I'm not yeah. saying. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying it's like you know you, you're at the there are so much like it's why pharmaceutical companies are you know more interested in a drug for like like Viagra or something than that. But other than something that is going to just completely cure. Um, some disease that uh but can we do it could we help more people with our money spent better well for sure for yeah, sure but but, but that's well but you're talking about like a collective yeah if we oh sure if we put all the money into one pot it probably is a better idea to get everybody up to one standard uh than and it is then you work on it yeah but i mean that's i and yes of course simultaneously you're doing research in this area because you don't want to start from scratch once you get you know but that is kind of what's happening you know what i mean because you already have like for example like agricultural projects that are like you know there's more food available now like yeah i don't i never believe this world is overpopulated or there's like a food shortage stuff drive from here to windsor there's nothing but cornfields i think what we have is an import export problem based on individual economies around the world and how they're yeah. particularly run and their buying capacity and what they can actually supply for their own people. You know, that, and that's a man-made problem. You know, yeah. we can fix that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think there, there are challenges to it because I, I do think, um, you know, again, with climate change, like there's going to be different challenges in terms of where things grow. But I mean, you can grow a lot of this stuff in a lab, right? Like if you really wanted to. So it's kind of sure. like the idea that we're going to all starve, I think is a little bit, like far-fetched given given what we can sort of accomplish now and um yeah but i i would say that um th this idea of kind of like that is a good idea as a sort of you know table topic idea but it's like how would you implement that like well easier um, than implementing radical life extension well so yeah but like i mean so google already has 
you know, I'm sure like projects that are dedicated to the poor or hungry or like how, you know, I'm sure they have projects that are dedicated to this, but they do have, but they also have deep mind, yeah, right? They do so they do both. I, yeah, I'm not saying, yeah, that, but just the focus today, like it's just, it's such a low hanging fruit. You know, it just, it's, it breaks my heart when you sit there and you're like, you know, we're building Teslas, but do you see where the minerals come from? And mm -hmm. you see these, and I know it's probably just a small screenshot of a window and they're happy to have any kind of job because before they had no job. Like I, yeah. I totally understand the growth curve uh, they're going through these countries. Mm. Um, it just, something feels wrong about it. Like we're just, fo we're focused in the wrong direction. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 do you really think we live longer today? I, mean, I know you can do like different like stats and like, but really like when you, I think when you average out all the um, child deaths, like between zero and five years of age, mm -hmm. drop them out of the equation right. and the deaths of women giving birth, because that happened to a significant yeah, number too. Yeah. And then you're left with like, and those are wonderful medical advancements. I'm not mm -hmm. saying to take anything away from that. But if you were a man and you made it past the age of 10 and you were in a country of decent weather and food supply, you were pretty much going to 70, 80 years of age anyways. Well, I think the idea, though, is if to If you're get in that muddy number. England with wars going on, yeah. like that's, you know, it's, it's a different situation. But to say that technology is sort of swooped in and, and, and elevated us from 45 years of age, uh, life expectancy to 85, I don't think it really, um, it's a lot more nuanced than that. But don't, what about like curing, like there's a lot more you can do medically now. Sure, but like, how, how many people do you know are still alive today because of a medical intervention? I would small, expect a small, small fraction. Well, I mean, I just think of like, I mean, let me put it in more simple yeah, terms because yeah. it's irrelevant today. How many years of life did the planet lose because of COVID when the average person who was dying was 84 years of age? Like they, they had some life left, but not that much. Right? right. This wasn't one of those diseases, thank God, that didn't kill people at 10 years of age. Because then for each one you lose, they're losing another 70, 80 years of life per person. Yeah. Right. So I think it's like diminishing returns as you get older. You know, like it's only so much life left anyways at that point. I think we really need to move the bottom up rather than the top even higher. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what it is, though, is it's the same thing with like people talking about like, well, you know, who cares if uh, the climate changes one degree? Like, you know, how, how can the one degree have much of an effect? And it's like, yeah, but you're talking about like a m large amount of people. So even the life expectancy, you know, you can say like, oh, it only went up like, you know, what, 10 points or whatever mm -hmm. since like, you know, uh, 200 years ago or something. It's like, okay, but th those those 10 points are huge. Like that's like, you're talking sure, about like all the people big. in the world. I don't want, yeah, I'm very happy for all the technological things we have in our, in our, in our world tremendously. But those 10 points would have been 70 points for somebody that's 10 years of age. So my focus is always on the, where am I going to get the maximum return? Mm -hmm. You know, getting that child not to die in uh, between zero and five of uh, malaria, let's say, or some yeah. sort of disease, you know? Um, well, yeah. Vaccinations have been wonderful for polio and those sorts of uh, smallpox. Yeah, I right? think, I, I agree with what you're saying, or, you know, or at least I, like, I think that, that that is important and i but i do think there's separate things like i think it's um you do need to um and i think that you know you, you were saying how it's a lot of it has to do with sort of administrative issues and and where it's like um almost depends on like governments or you, you know in certain countries that are like you know they're just not well run so it's hard to get like for example like vaccines like to a certain area of the population like in the middle of africa or whatever so you know um i think those are a lot of problems that do need to be worked it's out. It's going to be hard because like the, the interesting thing about and dangerous thing about AI and going back to apologies is like, I just think the centralization of any of that stuff creates, a, will, will create a totalitarian society. 
So keeping it fragmented, um, for instance, like institutions, whatever we're talking about, medical science here, um, um, robotic science, artificial intelligence science, like if they all have the same ideology, then they get folded into the state. And that's the way we go Soviet. You know, so having mm-hmm. it coming back to apologies and living the individual life, whether it's life expectancy, as we were just talking about between 10 and, you know, it really comes down to like a, an individual sort of a, it's really individual. Mm-hmm. I think we've got to base the planet more on what's better for individuals rather than the collective whole. Because if we face on, the, on the, what's good for the individual, you'll get a stronger collective as a byproduct. Well, so so it's it, fragmented to begin with. Yeah. You know, that's the whole concept is that we're going to, we're going to treat it like a garden and each plant needs a certain amount of water, not the same all the way through. Mm-hmm. And then collectively you have a wonderful garden. Of course you have to curate the garden and make sure it turns out part of that's just a wild, hot mess. There's got to be some rules, right. let's say. And so, yeah, bringing it back to like apologies, I think like as humans, depending on the culture we live in, there's certain like rules around it. And, but those rules have been radically changed in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And you get like the faux where people's like, sorry, not sorry, because I don't right. want to be excommunicated from the world that we're uh, building. Yeah. You know, it becomes like a new religious movement because like uh, all these things become folded into one. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's the, the worry, tying it back to AI, where the centralization of all this stuff, by definition, folds it into one. What does that look like to you, though, where if you're saying, like, let's not let's not focus on the collective, like, so you're saying that, like, if we start, for example, with AI, it's like, you think, I don't know, I guess I don't understand that. Like, it was, so what are you saying in terms of, like, like, what would be an example of some things that we could do sort of as a society that would enrich us individually as opposed to... Like, are you sort of saying, like, we need to stay away from technology as people? So, like, well, for example, re- like, well, you can go back to something as simple as George Washington, where you had the right to own property. Because mm-hmm. they knew when you were when you were then independent, you were more independent from the state as such. And right. you would have more free free will and free voting power. You couldn't be so easily swayed from one side to the other. Right. Because you had independence. Yeah. You know, it's 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 as simple as that. And what do we hear today? Like, well, is it really, you see articles all the time. Is renting really not the right option for you? And... Really? Because then you actually yeah. are beholden to the person who's got the contract on top of your head. Right. As opposed to being completely... Like, one of the things I loved about the 1960s, like I think we saw something that, for me, feels... And I'm not a fan of, like, hippie culture and stuff, but it felt like the closest to what maybe what the golden age of Athens felt like, where you had strong, independent, well-educated, well-financed families mm. who then, the youth were like, screw this, <laughs> you know, like, right. this is BS what you're doing. I don't like your war in Vietnam. I don't like this. And they had the time, money, and opportunity to go and protest. Right. That would be horrific to the governing powers, right? Yeah. So anything that diminishes that sort of independence only allows these, the centralization structure, that the nature, whether in Canada, we'll go back to the, you know, the state broadcasters of certain countries and how they work together with corporations and how they work together with governments create a single narrative. You know, that, that really goes against, like, uh, the individual's um, sovereignty. Your sovereignty is holy. Your individuality is yeah, holy. Yeah. And I think you need to start when you build a society based on that. So coming back to apologies, like, <laughs> I was wondering we've got to bring this bring back, back here. Back. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, we talked about everything except We're apologies. going, yeah, I'm trying to steer us to shore. Um, uh, it has to be heartfelt and, and come from you, the person, rather than because it's like, well, 
my church yeah. tells me I must say this because this is the ideology in which I subscribe to. Yeah. Even though as an individual, I don't believe it. The mechanism in which I'm part of, my tribe says I should say such things, mm -hmm. so I'm saying them. Because the problem is today, as far I really don't like far-right people, but I really never saw them much in the last 20 years say, the person on the left needs to be deplatformed. Like, well, you know, he's a jerk and I don't trust him and I don't believe in him and he's yeah. whatever. But they kind of left it at that. But we're living in an age today where the far left, if you say something that's outside of it, they want you excommunicated, deplatformed, mm -hmm. right? And that's where it becomes fake because now everyone's just running for the hills trying to cover their butts. Yeah. Right? Yeah, promotes that behavior. Yeah, so, sure. so the, the apology thing, you know, it, it, I think it, we've done a, an interesting conversation here where it really ties it back to the independence of the individual who's saying such a such a... Yeah, um, an apology. You know, yeah. but it has to be heartfelt, sincere, and from their own mind. Yeah, I see what you're saying because, like, yeah, you get a lot of like, um, well, the whole cancel culture thing. You get uh, the, there are a lot of full apologies out there. I think it's really taken the meaning out of it. And I, I mean, you have to look no further than our own uh, prime minister. I mean, how many times has he apologized for something? And so this is actually, I just wanted to kind of quickly ask about that, like. So our prime minister in Canada, Justin Trudeau, um, you know, he's he's been sort of embroiled in a number of scandals and he has apologized for them. And is there a certain point where that stuff just rings hollow? I mean, <laughs> I think the yeah, for sure at this point in Canada. But the problem is, is that we're hypnotized. Hmm. So that and that can supersede. It's like software being installed, like your, your own independent thoughts on him you still feel bad to say something publicly against him because he represents the overwhelmingly good narrative. Right. So as right. an individual, you're like, I may, I might despise the man, but he's part of the good narrative. It's like uh, saying you hate the individual Pope, but you're Catholic. Right. Well, at the right. end of the day, you're still going to like side with team Catholic because that's the tribe you belong to. I guess. Yeah. There, are, there could, Because a lot of people have, I mean, it's amazing to me how uh, how many people have sort of almost become apologists for Trudeau or like, you know, when he's in sort of in, in a scandal. And I, I try to look at it objectively. Like when I see, for example, with the residential schools where he was tearful yeah. and giving his uh, giving the apology, my instinct is like, that's disingenuous. Those are crocodile Was it tears. coming from him or from the ideology he represents? Like my ideology demands yeah um, sacrifice and therefore i'm crying for this moment but does justin trudeau the person really feel that way well no see that's the thing this is what this is what i didn't understand about it where it's like okay i understand like i think I, you know i, I want to try to be objective about this so like i have to i want to give him the benefit of the doubt and be like okay he like it's a very sad thing so maybe he's just really He's been talking to people who have suffered from this. They've had their, you know, and and he's and he's hearing these stories firsthand. Maybe so he's really affected by it. Like in you sure. know, in theory, he's human. So yeah, so I he's think. yeah. <laughs> so he's so he's um, uh, you know, he's um, when 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 he's doing this, when he's making the apology, maybe it's all genuine. But then I think like you know. It's hard to think because, like you said, is it an individual or an ideology? Like, he's he's apologizing on behalf of a country. Based on so. his individual behavior, though, as we've known him now somewhat publicly in the last six, seven years, I think a lot of people can say the person is not a very good person. Yeah, and, and, and this therefore is fairly the tears, disingenuous. Yes, yeah. exactly. So you have to now start thinking, like, maybe not giving him the But can you break power. away from that that hypnotize, hypnotism? Uh, well, I don't know what you, I mean, I guess you mean like people, like I, I don't feel as though, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I think there's a lot of people that aren't necessarily hypnotized by him. We'll see like, in the next election. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, a lot of people are, unfortunately. But uh, um, this is where I actually am really turned off of all state media because mm -hmm. it's television. You know, like it's such a overwhelming. Despite all the social media that we have these days, the average person still really sits down in front of the TV and just turns on the state news. If not, they have quality apps and they read this stuff there. Mm -hmm. And in Canada, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I would give the CBC credit in that it gives the most like thought out arguments for its points. Whereas the other companies like Global News and City TV kind of just give you the headlines and a rough little splattering of what's happening. There's nothing really deep, right? right? We don't have a private company that actually goes really deep into the stories the way we should. You've got to turn to, you know, Substack and different quality doctors that you follow around the world and read tons and tons of articles to get there yeah. or podcasts, right? Yeah. So the average person is still beholden to the state media, which, you know, it's, it's a very yeah. hypnotizing factor. It keeps you in Plato's cave, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, I guess we'll see in the next election, and maybe it's just the silo that I sort of, you know, live in, and the news I listen to is not, um, you know, it's very, it's quite negative against Trudeau. So I don't feel any, I, you know, I feel like okay, like, you know, this guy's. I, I mean, it's it's all, every election. It's, it's amazing to me that, as it that he wins. Be. Did you see the yeah. Supreme Court that came out this week? Did we talk about that at all? Uh, we, um, they, uh, there was a court case. Or this is a little derailing, but just take a minute. Uh, two Canadian but British background, uh, I believe they were restaurant uh, entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. took the government to court. And this is the, this will tie into state media. And they unsealed the documents. And the question was, federal government, what data did you base the Arrive Can, which in Canada is the only way to enter the country is with this digital app, whether you're a foreign national or Canadian national. Mm -hmm. Okay, what did you base this on in order to have have this uh, digital gatekeeper because of uh, vaccines and COVID? And when they unseal the documents, the data that came out, the government's reasoning just a doodle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little snowman there yeah, waving with a beaver tail. Yeah, no, um, it was absolutely nothing. Okay, so never mind that fact. That even mm -hmm. somewhat can be debated. I've scoured the regular news uh, mediums here in Toronto. Um, there's nothing about it. The, right. the, the, I mean, the Toronto Sun had a smart article, the uh, National Post had, but the CBC, the state broadcaster, yeah. not a word. Does it get more Plato's cave than that when you actually have government? Why did it take two restaurateurs in order to open this document? Mm -hmm. You know, it take the government to court. And where's the investigative journalism that's supposed to be coming from the oh, yeah, publicly yeah. funded? No, you have to the tune of 1.2 billion or so every of our tax dollars, and they couldn't ask such a question. Yeah, so, so much for doing your own research. It literally took two restaurant guys to figure this out. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that this this story is being run on international media, but not at in really major. Canadian Absolutely, media. yes, yeah. yes. This Although is National Post and Toronto Sun are at least big outlets, like you do yeah, get but that. Side, people get but tribal. I, yeah, I talk yeah. to the regular Canadians on the hour every hour. The nature of my job, and um, you know, if I do reference something from any of those two, oh well, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they just pick their tribe. I'm like, yeah. can you just look at the data and read it? I have no tribe. Right. I am completely tribeless. You know. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of cool to be in that position. I don't know how I ended up here, or that's a whole other podcast, but I am. And they're like, just give me the data, man. Yeah. And they don't want to see it. Mm -hmm. So they really just want to be directed back to Plato's cave, and that's hypnotism. Yeah. Like, give me give me what the CBC says, because I've trusted it in my whole life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, yep. And it's really disempowering to the individuals and to intellect, because they're, what they're doing is they're, they're deferring their own personal intellect to a, like, 
a higher AI, which in this case is the algorithm which dictates the ideology of the CBC. You know, like it becomes right. like its own, you know, its own thing. Well, I don't know. Everyone in Canada trusts that. And they just turn their head back to that for mm -hmm. fear that they actually have to use their own thoughts and maybe get called out a little bit. Like we've, yeah. we've really lost that sort of renegade frontier. Um, I'm just going to stand up and tell you what I think. I mean, isn't that the point mm -hmm. of democracy? That my, my voice matters, you know? Yeah. A little too, too, too bombastic there. I, uh, <laughs> a, little, a little too heavy on the... Uh, I, 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 you know, I'm very passionate about this. Yeah, I really no, think it's, it's the better way forward yeah. for humanity. The better way forward for humanity is not collectivist. It's individualism. Yeah. And through individualism, we'll have a strong collective. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. It's uh, two opposing um, philosophies. And yeah, I would say... And, and there well. has to be that point where the individualism does become collective. If not, you have the balkanization and we'll just fragment and go into civil war. Yeah. And you don't want to turn into that. I mean, you know, you already have states versus states and provinces versus provinces, and that's bad enough as it is. You know, like, it's really hit, like, insane levels. Like, at, you know, in academia now, they have, like, how to build better architecture with queer theory. <laughs> like, that's right. that's where we've hit now. Like, that's how niche in some ways. You know, because it's the over... It, it fits the overarching <laughs> narrative, you know? Yeah. It's just an orgiastic departure from reason. It's as if we, the, the last 500 years of enlightenment were just uh, for nothing and we we're desperate to return to the dark ages. We're desperate to return to feudalism. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's interesting if you can sort of separate yourself from the era that you're living in and you can kind of look at it and be like, it's like, whoa, like what's going on here? Like, I can understand like how humans moved in different packs and different phases of like, you know, of humanity now. Right. Because there is a certain temptation. I can feel it, you know, but, yeah. but you have to resist it. Because we've lived long enough as a species, we've seen what works and doesn't work. Well, just like you, you, you had sort of the Renaissance and like other eras where, you know, the Dark Ages, like you can kind of see how, um, you know, because I always used to think, well, the Renaissance. So like, I, you know, they label that sort of um, post, you know, post the era, like they weren't in the Renaissance being like, this is a Renaissance. Yeah. Um, at least I don't think they were. But they, um, but if you look back <laughs> nice at it, you can outside. say, I'm in the middle of the Renaissance. <laughs> yeah, nice. <It's> amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah. but, uh, I feel like we're in the middle of some era that in the future they'll look back and be like, this was the, like, mm -hmm. you know, whatever Plato's cave era or something, or, yeah. or just something like there were a lot of positive things about where we are right now as a the society, but yeah, yeah. But there's, there's a lot of, we're on the S precipice of a lot of psychological nudging of humanity and mass cohesion sort of ways. Yeah. Like, it, it, you can see it. You can yeah. see it. And it's difficult. And that's why it's great to have these conversations because we're just, like, walking in the dark with our hands out trying to feel our way through this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's quite yeah. challenging. But, you know, our societies, um, it, the wonderful thing is our societies have never been freer or more functioning than they are now. And to be quite frank, than anywhere else in the world. Mm -hmm. We have a lot to be, here's a, here's a killer word, proud about <laughs> you right, know right. they forbid that you're if you forbid it to be proud of the society that we live in where the you know the marching feet of uh, the world's poor are coming because it's so free and mm. through freedom they find economic you know um upward mobility yeah you know if you just want economic upward mobility go to china right you know they've done a wonderful job taking people uh, out of poverty but still is that the place you're going to live your most fulfilled you got one chance at life <laughs> it's got to be more than just like how many digits are on my computer screen yeah right <laughs> just like but about those apologies like, <laughs> man well because uh, i think the apology that what we're tying in here and it's really it's um it's almost like the target on the walls the apology but it really comes down to being sincere heartfelt and individually based 
And that's right. really yeah. a byproduct of society right now. Yeah. We're not living in an era where like your individual opinion really matters anymore because it's like, well, subjectively, this is how I lived my life. Right. This is how I feel, you yeah, know, sort yeah. of thing. And so the tribe and the ideology says, therefore, you must, you know, instead of, well, actually, I do believe in chromosomes and there is an XXXY. And by God, if you identify as something, I'm your friend and I will support you to the end. But I don't feel a need to, to participate in that game myself. Mm. Can I not just not have a pronoun? Or how about I allow you to guess? Because I prefer it that way. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, is there, uh, do you think that people apologize more or less these days? Or is there, is it probably roughly the same? Hmm. it's not the kind of thing you can really do a study on whatever it is it's it's less heartfelt and more digital uh, yeah technology has affected the apology you're not you're not you're not face to face with the person the way you used to be and, and i do think part of the tribalism uh, that was mentioned is like um that affects it like i think a lot of people and, and maybe this is maybe this isn't true but I, I feel i feel like a lot of people are more defensive or you know aren't aren't so willing to yield an apology for no reason like mm. like or it's it's very skeptical about like if i run if i'm in, uh if i if i go for a run and i somebody you know so the other day i was i was doing this actually it was where i thought of this <laughs> like like it was like let's do an episode on apologies where it was like you know i went for a run and on the path on the path somebody was on a bike and it was like running path like this is also a bike path so it's like they came around a corner real sharp and I was running and it almost hit me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, usually my instinct in those things is like, like you're like just to yell and be like, you're in the wrong path. Like yeah. what the hell are you doing? It's a shared path. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but this actually isn't a shared path. They yeah. should have been on, they have their own path. So I'm, but, but every once in a while they'll, you know, bikes will come down cause they want to go to the, the river, which is like, right. You have to kind of cross it to get there. So I thought, okay, you never know. But, um, but I, I thought, you know, I, like it bothers me when you confront somebody about this and the reaction is not like, like you're objectively in the wrong here. Like these are the mm -hmm. rules of this, mm -hmm. of this little system mm -hmm. and you're going against the rules. Now, if you just want to be an asshole and just yeah. be like, I'm just going to do it anyway, then that's one thing. But if yeah. you're, you can't justify that you're in the wrong here. Like you almost hit me. We can't, I came around a corner. Like it's, it's because you're on a bike and you shouldn't be on a bike on this path. And like, where's the, where's like, there's no, there's no, like, I would hope that in that situation, somebody's like immediately just be like, you know what? You're right. I'm wrong. I am sorry. Like, that's an apology. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to recognize that it's you made rare. a mistake. It's rare when people are like, oh my God, mm. you know, that you're right. And yeah. it's, a, it's a beautiful thing when something, because there is it really in is. the moment and your yeah, hormones yeah. are raging and a person still have clarity to say, well, okay, I was in the wrong. Yeah. You know, it is a, it's a rare thing. Have you ever noticed how if somebody does apologize, it's like it immediately opens up and then the person, other person will be like, yeah, yeah it's okay. Like, blah, blah, blah. like, it's just such a healing well, thing. Well, because we all right? make mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's just, you want the person to know, I mean, I guess, I guess it depends on the nature of how, you know, if somebody like runs over your dog, it's not like, like, sorry, like you, you want to have like almost an equivalence in apology like the you want that to be you don't want me to pull over on a podium and just have like crocodile tears and go as canadians we right. all know dogs matter right. and uh, <laughs> i will do my best to endeavor <laughs> right yeah, that's how yeah. it, that's how that's how you know apologies feel these days like very yeah. scripted very scripted, as opposed yeah. to just like man oh i didn't see you oh jesus you know what did yeah. i do you know well i will say like it's mistakes in, we're all in, human in defense of uh, the kind of <laughs> like the the whole apologizing on behalf of a country or whatever, it kind of has to be scripted. Like, how are you, you're doing something for the record. This is why the tears 
ring a bit disingenuous to me. And again, I don't know, maybe they were like, I don't want to be just mm-hmm. always um, negative about it, but it's like, because I'm thinking like, how can you feel that much empathy? Like you didn't do this. You know I what I mean? I feel like, sometimes these, these politicians must have been through acting school as ours was, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, well, was but, uh, but in general, <laughs> globally, because uh, this, this tier on demand thing, it just mm-hmm. it really never feels authentic. Yeah. And I, I, I like to cry. I have no issue. I am very emotional that way. But I could never imagine pulling tears out of my eyes on demand. It's well, so naturally like just like it's a base emotion that you can't fake. So to be able to be an actor and do that, I have to give them full credit because I don't know how they possibly do it. But it, it feels to actor level fake from almost all politicians all the time. Yeah, but and, and corporations and, and whatever else is going on. Like it's a tricky situation when you're apologizing on behalf of a nation or on behalf of you know some like you know the church or whatever. Like because you you didn't do anything. You're just uh, it's a you know what I mean. You're sure. just well then you don't need to have tears though. No, I know that's what I'm saying. Tears. So it's like or if the tears come, let them be natural. You're yeah. recognizing. You're recognizing. You, you know, it's kind of like. You, it's for the record. It's like, look, what we did, for example, with the residential schools and by, you know, what we did as a country was unforgivable. Course, so like yeah. you say that and it gets recorded for the, for the record and that's, you know, important to do it. Now, the kind of the injecting of tears into that is like, that's fine. Like if that's, if, you know, I don't know, maybe he's, maybe that is something that really moved him. But I, I to your point of it being, you know, where you're saying it seems like a drama or whatever, it's like, I kind of can see that because for me i'm thinking like if i was apologizing on behalf of something you know my ancestors did or whatever mm-hmm. i wouldn't feel any kind of empathy for it yeah. because it's like i didn't do it but like i might feel bad for the situation in the context of history like you're yeah like, man okay yeah. that was then this is now however you know yeah yeah there's a real art to it like there's a, it's it's not mm-hmm. that it's not like i mean that's what it means to be a great statesman right you, you, there, there's an art to that kind of thing mm-hmm. um but yeah it's uh have you is there ever been anything that you've been uh sort of really sorry for and have, if i say no i sound like a psychopath <laughs> so i'm, I'm well, digging deep here now yeah. <laughs> uh, of, uh, uh yeah uh, but i can i'm happy to say it's not that many times in life yeah you know like there's like but you look back with the um with the benefit of age mm-hmm. and um you can say oh yeah man, 2021 i was kind of toxic sort of thing i was too much of this or too passionate maybe yeah but it was um and my passions took me down maybe rabbit holes that were um created barriers of that I was certain in was the better way to be live whatever and uh it was in the in the final analysis maybe too isolationist mm. that's all but that's just I can you're, you're 19 years old and a kid you know see but see that whole equivocation after the fact though isn't you know what I mean like it's not really regretful like for example, like I, yeah, I would say, yeah. well, I regret it now, and I wish if I had a child at that age, I would definitely, I can definitely think of, um, uh, like advice I would give based on that sort of nature that I didn't get myself, um, and that would be my way of like helping like each generation be a little bit better than the previous. But uh, what can you do about it? I don't know. It happened. You were you were youth, right? Um, you know, like sometimes you're in a relationship and you break up and you're the bad guy. Sometimes you're in a relationship, you get dumped. Like it, like life just kind of oscillates back and forth. Were you particularly bad in one situation in one way or the other? Not really. It just happened. But well, so what you're doing, see, the, so this is, that, that, that's not an apology, right? So like, and it's fine if you don't yeah. have an apology. Like if you, no, I, the yeah, idea is that are, you're right. be none. born out of regret and be regretful for something and then you apologize for it and it's. It has to, like, so I have a couple of examples that I've done, specific things I've done in the past that I've been like, um, 
genuinely sorry for, and I've tried to address it in a way where it's like, like it's like the whole Alcoholics Anonymous thing, where it's like, isn't one of the, uh, you know, ru- you know, when you're doing the ten steps, where it's or twelve steps, I don't know, I don't know if it's twelve or ten, um, huh, I forget. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Never got past four, anyways. <laughs> but um, you know, there's a certain, there's a step where you go around to apologize to everybody that you've harmed, sort of in the past by your mm. behavior. So, um, and. I think that that's a good, you know, I think that's a good idea to, to, because you, there has to be this recognition of the fact that you've done something wrong and that you're willing to reflect. Like it's this whole and, and reflection learn, and learn from it and, and learn and, from and, it. And that's the whole point of life that you end up and you know, as we get older in a better place than we were when we started. Right. But that's also part of it. Yeah, of course there's, there's been moments in my life like that. I'd have to sit down and think about them individually more, but, but I'm, they're not, they're not more than 10 big ones probably. So I um I'll 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 tell you one of the, one of these for me. Is this confessional time? Well, I think it's important to like. I mean, you know, I, I'm just trying to sort of put my my money where my okay, mouth maybe, is, right? Maybe like, maybe some will pop into my mind too, and I can reciprocate. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it's 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 like I'm not ashamed of it now. I mean, I'm I'm sort of ashamed of my behavior then, but the, I feel like um, the fact that I can kind of I really do feel like I learn from it, and I can sort of show. Like I, I, you know, I guess I can't show it, but I can, I know my own behavior since then and how I've changed. And so I can kind of be like, okay, I made these mistakes. I apologize for it and I'm moving on. It's like, what's that? Um, it's like that guy, I forget his name, Ma, um, but he's um, from Toronto and he was coming back from a bachelor party and he was drinking and driving. He ended up killing a whole family. Oh, of, wow, you remember, yeah. Do you remember that yeah, guy? Yeah, there's been a couple stories yeah, lately. Was that the one that was like uh, from a wealthy family? Or wealthy something? family, yeah. yeah. I forget his name. But, um, but you know, at the time I was pretty angry. Like, I, you know, as anyone would be, because you see this family, it's just been like death. And I think the, like the, I think the remaining members, one of them maybe even killed themselves or something because of the grief. And it's like, like you can never repair that. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how many times you apologize. And like, but it's like, and, and not even in defense or whatever, but it's a little bit, it's like, you know, you make one mistake, you know what I mean? Or, you know what I mean? I'm sure he's made several mistakes, but it's like you, like, like, you know, that's a real tough situation. Like, you, you know, he, 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 like, Split minute and, and what do you do? Yeah, yeah it's like eight, eight, you know, so he had, he had more drinks than he should have for sure. It's like yeah. mass negligence on his part, but for the rest of his life, he's going to be paying for that. Right. So yeah. it's like, um, now, now I'm not saying, you know, for sure, like he'll, he'll just never be able to repay it is the problem. Um, it doesn't mean necessarily he's a horrible person, but kind of like, I guess, I guess my point is that like, you know, now, like this whole thing came up, I think earlier, well, great earlier power this comes year, great responsibility. And that's why you can only drive after a certain age and drink after a certain age. Yeah. But once it's happened, it's kind of like you have, um, you have a situation where like, it's come up recently because he was, um, you know, the, I, somebody in the family like died or killed themselves or something. Mm. And I, I could be wrong about that. I know they died. And, um, it's just kind of brought the whole thing up again. So it's kind of like, you know, so anytime something like that happens, this is again, something for his, you know, like his, his life will be forever changed for this and, you know, forever will feel guilty for this. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's horrible and he should feel guilty for the rest of his life, but it's like, at what, I guess my, I guess my, my point is like, that's, that is a serious situation. And I don't know if apologies can ever fix that. And, but you know, 
he, he this guy is not necessarily like he's not a monster right like he didn't deliberately do this like it doesn't mean that he shouldn't pay uh, it doesn't mean like he shouldn't go to jail or whatever but, but it's it wasn't like, like, like i get your point it wasn't a premeditated murder. yeah exactly yeah. exactly it was a really dumb accidental murder yeah and the effect is the same you oh, know 100%. people are still but you know, dead your, because your, of it your, but. your moral dilemma is that it's in the category of accidental yeah yeah and um I guess, um, you know, like I... Or negligent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I've done, I've done things where it has never been to that level, but I can, I can, you know, certainly say like, you know, it's not that I haven't uh, dr drank and drive, drank and drove before. Like I've done that too, right? Like I like to think that I was in a better frame of mind or whatever, and I wouldn't have done that, but who knows, right? You never know. You're in the wrong place in the wrong time. You drop, you know, it's such a split second thing. So it's yeah, like, sure. And, and it's also goes a little bit cultural, you know, it was mm -hmm. uh, in, in our generation where it became more like, oh, they are testing with you. What was it? You know, the alcohol limits and how much it was a new emerging sort of thing, you know, the breathalyzers right. and whatnot, you know, yeah. how many drinks can you actually have? And you can easily make a mistake when it's a new emerging like standard. Right. right? Well, yeah. And I never really put much I mean, I, I just sort of knew my own levels, but it's like, you know, I realized that that's something where, yeah, I'm not saying that I, I always made sure I stayed under that level, but yeah. I knew when it was but like it was, too much. It was a gradient. I remember, you know, yeah. being around that time too and trying to figure out like, okay, so I had one drink six hours ago and another one, like, what yeah. am I at? I feel pretty good. Right. You know, I can walk in a straight line. Uh, I don't have a metric to measure me absolutely. Right. And it, yeah. it can be a gray, it can be a gray area for sure. So better not to even go near that line. Yeah. But yeah. good luck telling a 19 year old that. True. Yeah. But, you know, and you hope that, for example, with this guy, uh, you hope that that sort of serves as a lesson to at the very least what you can kind of get out of that is other people might look at that and think twice, for you know, sure. um, for me, I have, there was a time when, um, this is obviously less dramatic, but, um, just online, I got into this, like, sort of battle with somebody about a situation. This was years ago. I was talking about the war in Yugoslavia. Mm. Um, and I was just, I just didn't know much about it. And I, I kind of heard a few things and I was like, course, okay, like, yeah. so I made some comment about, um, like, well, I forget what it was. I think it was like defending Serbia or something, but mm -hmm. I really not knowing about the situation mm -hmm. that much other than what I kind of is heard. Is it on embarrassing how little we knew back then? Yes, like, it is. Like in comparison yeah. now, like now I know so much about COVID and I've just gone crazy and I found great ways to do like university level research mm. while sitting at my desk at home sort of thing. And uh, I look at all the past events in history, whether it's September 11th or Yugoslavia, like I wish I could have been there at the time and have these mechanisms to dig, yeah. do a deep dive before I open my mouth. Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure. It's, um, you really have to, um, like, it, like but it goes it, back to state media. You know, you're just watching the one-sided version that's coming through the news and you're going to quickly in five minutes well, develop is, usually the narrative they're trying to tell you is the right one to have. This was a situation where I, I, I was taking the other end. Like okay. I've always sort of been anti, you know, whatever authority or whatever. So like yeah. I, I was like, well, because it was, it was the Serbians were sort of the bad guys, yeah. and and um, and I was like, well, like this isn't so bad. And then somebody, I was doing this on a forum, and I got back and forth, and he's like, look, uh, like somebody chimed in, he's like, look, I, like I am, what was it? I'm, uh, um, was it? I, I can't remember the. Like he was from the area sure. and he's like, like I suffered. I've had people killed. I'm watching this happen. Yeah. Like, like, who are you to tell me that yeah. this is, and, and, and he was right. Like, and it was like, I didn't have any kind of, like, it's not like I read specific reports or like it did any deep investigation. And I felt like a real, you know, uh, moron because I was like, he's, you know, he's absolutely right. And, um, I sort of thought about that and like, it really bothered me cause I, I hate coming off as like, you know, uh, uninformed, un, uh yeah, uninformed yeah. and, and, um, 
and uh, and I you know I apologize and I, I said like you know it's what wonderful. you're right you're right and um and, you know I'm not I'm not trying to say like see I do it right or whatever mm-hmm. but it's like I think that that to me that's what an apology like that was it's important to reflect on what you've done and actually feel regret these kind of apologies where it's like you don't even like this you know that genuine the general kind of like. Like, oh, I'm sorry if, like, I'm sorry. Whatever I did, I'm sorry. Like, that whole thing, it's like, well, you're not sorry then. You know what I mean? Like, you don't really, like, you have to be specific. You need to, like. And I think the greater, and this is maybe, um, I just try to always make sure I put it into action. So I just live my life. It's like a refining process. Mm -hmm. Better and better and better based on the lived experiences, which includes regrets um, each day. Yeah. Right? Because an apology is great and it definitely makes a person feel better and it should be done. But the more important thing is to then live that apology for the rest of your life. Yeah, you know? to definitely learn from it. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll say another one here. And this, I actually, this is going to make me look like a real asshole. But um, I, uh, and, and it was, it was such a, even, here, even yeah. now I'm like, I think back and it's just like cringe inducing how, but I, you know, I, part of this is like, maybe I'll say it on here and I'll, Maybe this person will hear it, you know what I mean? Or maybe people, you know, or, or you know, I deserve to be able to have my sort of penitence and say this mm-hmm. and be like, how, you know, I mean, hell to account. I don't know, like if he ever came back. But it, anyway, so one time I, I had this new car and it was, uh, uh, it was like my mom's car or something. It wasn't mine. <laughs> but I was like fairly young. I was like, um, you know, 19 or 18. And it was, it just happened to guzzle gas really quickly and I wasn't used to it. And I ran out of gas on the middle of the highway. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God. And this guy, like, like pulled over, he's like, "Look, I'm gonna give you twenty bucks. I'm gonna I'm gonna drive you to the gas station, give you twenty bucks filled out because I didn't have any money on me. I was yeah. just an idiot." Yeah. And um, well, there's less ATMs back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So he gave this to me, took me to the gas station, drove me back so I could put gas in my car and then drive to the gas station, put the twenty dollars in or whatever. And um, and he's like, "But I want you to make sure that you send this back to me." I'm like, "Yeah, I'll send it back to you, whatever." And um, and I never sent it back. How, and how, I, did, he, how did he want you to send it back? Um, before he's like, send him a check or something. Yeah. And, um, I just never did it. And like, I, I I forget how I justified it to myself at the time. It was like, I don't know if it was like, Oh, sucker or whatever. (laughs) Like, just like, just horrible. Like I, and I think back and I still remember it. It still gives me pangs of like, imagine that. So just $20, you know, um, how much it, it, because it wasn't, it was the action you, you promised and you Mm -hmm. let someone down. I know. And you meant it at that time. And this is, I can see it in your eyes. Yeah. You actually really like, no man. I'm telling you, I'm doing this. Yeah. And then you didn't. I know. It and, could be for one dollar or a thousand later, it, yeah. it drives me crazy. And I'll never, because I don't know who this guy is. So what have you like, learned from this? Like never promise take a something. Card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just take my wallet with me. Yeah. The deal uh, with that guy in the future. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, no, just, I, I mean, it's really, it was really humbling, like thinking of this afterwards. And there's no, there's no, I mean, this fortunately the effects of this aren't of the magnitude the the mistake that the guy made with the the accident where he killed a bunch of people um but it's like um it's the same sort of uh like it is a mistake that i'm really sorry that i made i wish i could go back but i can't go back um it's you know if i ever like i don't even i wouldn't even recognize the guy so it's like um uh but do you think to this day like based on the essence you picked up from that person then 
Do you think he's just sitting and going, that's okay, man, 20 bucks, whatever. I helped someone out the night no, and, and he I, feels good about I it. I think that I, this is, I think what bothers me more than anything is I feel like I made his view of humanity a little less. He's like, this guy looked me in the eyes and said, actually, I don't know if I, he, I looked him in the eyes, but it's like, whatever the case, that's there we go, equivocating again. But it's like, you know, this guy said he was going to do it. He didn't do it. I mm -hmm. went out of my way to be helpful to this guy and he, he let me down. I've, and been, I've been in that guy's position before where I remember back in high school, someone said, can I just borrow $5, man? And, this, and you know, when you're 15 years old, $5 was uh, lunch at McDonald's, you know, sort yeah. of thing. Like, I'll pay, I promise I'll pay you back like tomorrow, the next yeah. day. I just got to go home and ask my parents for $5. I'm like, okay, sure. And I gave the $5 and that person avoided me for the next three years. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, but I, from my position, yeah. I'm like, we were just kids. Uh, that person probably regrets it, doesn't need to, you know, we all make mistakes. It was a relatively minor mistake, you know, I think, I guess you can put it in tears. I mean, you know, yeah. how many, how many uh, Hail Marys do you need to do for that one? Uh, well, that's you know? the benefit of being Catholic, I guess. <laughs> you <can> always <laughs> you just put apologize. a number on it. Yeah, but yeah. It's, yeah, put a number on it. Um, yeah, like I think that that's, I mean, that's sort of you putting your positive spin on it. I appreciate that, but it's like, there's really no, I think it probably affected him in some way. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's forgotten about it now, but it's but like. But he knew you were a child. I think you're giving yourself, um, in this particular case, a lot more adult uh, credibility or credentials. You know, you were still a kid. Yeah, yeah, know? I guess. Um, but yeah. He I, would hope, though, that you've learned since then. Right. I think that's and same thing with the, the girl that owes me the $5. <laughs> if right, she right. ever hears this, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that they just, they, they, they pass that, that gratuity onto someone else in their life. Right, right. Right, and just kind of like let it happen. Like, it's okay. Nothing has to be perfect. There's no perfect order in the universe, you know? A little bit of chaos is all right. That's part of the organic living experience. Yeah. You just want it to be catastrophic, like the car accident that knocked out the whole family. Yeah. You know, that's just something you can't, even though it's in the category of negligence and an accident, it's, um, it just, it's, you can't recover from it. The $10, yeah. $20, the $5 you can recover from. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um... Yeah, it's something that we hope as a society we kind of like, you know, maybe one day I'll be in that position to do that and I won't be repaid. And I'll be like, okay, now the universe is balanced again, you know. Who like knows, I, maybe today they'll say, well, you know, in a position of hierarchical power, you are the powerless, therefore you're not obliged to pay back. Right, right, yeah, yeah, I'm the victim. <laughs> you're the victim, James. <laughs> you can only see the way postmodernism will attack this problem. Well, you know, this is the thing, like, if diversity, and by diversity, I don't mean diversity of skin color, religion, or anything like that, but like diversity of fundamental values. Mm -hmm. If diversity of fundamental values is what we're aiming for, at the end, you know what, you know what I really, I've thought long about this, you know what that is? Decomposition. There's nothing to unify us, right? What you're looking for now, and we're talking about the shared unified values. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. I, I would have been better served if I did That's, you know... Um, you're looking for a certain fundamental uh, landscape here to judge your actions by. And I, uh, I, I commend you for that. And I think society needs to stay on that sort of. That's what keeps a society unified. Too much diversity is just de decomposition. and You're not going to have any unity anymore. Right. right. Yeah. That's why we have, you know, laws and whatnot. But then even they, you know, like I said, they're open to interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Based you know. on new structures of power and hierarchy, which are like just really kind of, I don't want to say frivolous, but not unproven, perhaps, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, that's why this organic change needs to happen slowly. And um, y y this is why we have like these, again, these first principles that are supposed, you know, supposed to sort of like um, govern our society. Mm -hmm. 
and yeah, that are all things that we all are supposed supposed to sort of agree on that is like wrong or you know immoral or whatever. You know, like you, you, this is not really in the same vein, but you know that sort of that flow back and forth and excommunicating people based on their values. Like, I've never seen anyone on the right call somebody on the left. Like I was telling you earlier, to be mm -hmm. deplatformed, right? right? So, like for instance, if you um, uh, Fox doesn't care. Not, I can't stand any of the American or our own Canadian news broadcasters, but Fox doesn't care if you've been on CNN and then go on Fox. Like, right. sure, whatever, right? Yeah, just. Well, let's talk about it. I'll totally disagree with you, but whatever. Yeah. But CNN cares if you've been on Fox. Right. Because at that point, you're tainted. You've been stained with this sort of like immorality. Yeah. To how dare you have gone to the other side? Right? There's definitely, yeah, I definitely see that as well, where it's, it's it, it, you know, and I think it's like the, the reaction would be, like, well, of course you would say that because you're tending more right or whatever. But it's like, no, I, I truly is, am not. Yeah, this is true. This is something that I really did. You know, you really do see. You don't see people on the right, at least not as much. I'm sure it happens. I just, I, I don't, you just really don't see it as much. You do see a lot of people on the left calling for somebody to get canceled. You don't see that on the right. Like, you don't see people for the most part saying like, I mean, they could say like, you know, like, um, I mean, it must happen. But I, I really, it really doesn't come up as much. Yeah, you know, I like can't thinking, think of a, the left-right thing is becoming so so tired too. Like I, I yeah. just was thinking, but like I, I, I just believe in classical values. Yeah, you know, like why does it have to be a left-right thing? Like they really are; yeah. these are our foundational values, and I just I don't really care for the nuance of a uh, splitting hairs of uh, what percentage tax points this or that, or you know, like it doesn't mm -hmm. matter so much to me if we don't have foundational values. Yeah, you know, so yeah, the for me then the apologies stem from that, right? Right. Yeah, the the right left used to be talking about yeah economic policy or um, maybe whether you're more hawkish or dovish when it comes to like foreign affairs. But there, but um, but yeah, now now it seems to be um, you know the rights are Nazis, the lefts are communists. You know what I mean? There is it's like well, wait a minute, can't we all agree just as like Canadians Neither. or as Americans yeah. that like we all certainly agree on like free speech, right? Or yeah. like you know what I mean? But not so much anymore. Did you not see the um someone high up at Twitter when Elon Musk was trying to take the takeover about two years ago and he got caught in an interview? Oh yeah, he's like here at Twitter we're communist as f. You know, oh really? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, he just flat out said it, caught on video. Huh. Like really? And you feel confident enough to say such a thing? You know? Yeah. Like, where, so where, where did the foundational values go when you can make such a proclamation? Right. We're not standing on the same level anymore. Yeah. The same, same um, what would you call it? Not so much level, but the um, historical Western values platform. You right. Know, where we can at least see the diversity, but we have some unity in how we approach the world. Yeah. So yeah, apologies play out, I think, in, in that thing. Like, to what degree do you feel like the George Floyd horrific you know, act? But th that was a worldwide event. Yeah, it really, I think it was the right, well, not the whole world right pretty time. much apologized. Yeah, it, it was a very, I don't know what it was. Maybe it had something to do with COVID or maybe it was just the fact that it was caught on tape and it was fairly graphic, like um, that catalyzed that whole movement. Like the catharsis of people, you know, it's just. Yeah, uh, it was like, yeah. I think a lot of that stuff is timing, right? Like, because we've seen that kind of thing before. Remember Rodney King, like, yeah. uh, there, I mean, Rodney King was like, there was no mistake in yeah. what was going Horrific. on there, right? Like. Yeah. Um, and I guess it did spur a bunch of riots. Uh, it's not like that was not a no global, but it was a different yeah. age. Yeah, yeah. yeah, different age. Yeah, now we had the, the chanting, age. the kneeling, the hands mm -hmm. in the air. Like, yeah, how is that not religious? 
Yeah, it's a. Uh, we've just created a lot of new these... ideologies that fill in the uh, atheistic hole that we've kind of created now with a new religion. Mm-hmm. It's like the religious tendencies in people just doesn't go away. It just comes back in a new form. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think that this is the, these are the, there's there's a religious aspect to a lot of these movements these days, and I think that that does come from a lack of religion. And I mean, it it served a purpose, right? Like you can say whatever you want about organized religion. Like I, I'm not a huge fan of it oh, either, but it's I like, but it did it did fill a need in yeah. people. And I'm aware that I have a religion, and I'm aware of its pros and its cons. But I don't know if these people even realize they're basically yeah. partaking in a religion. Yeah. And have thought about the pros and cons. You know, I don't need another religion. I have one and it has its own issues. Right. You know, and I'm totally fine with that, you know? Yeah, they're they're, they're full on like, you know, Spanish Inquisition, like yeah. they're still at that phase, you know. It's so then a, going back to apologies, like to what degree do they, they're just, they're stemming out of these um, new religions of a sort that people don't even necessarily have thought long and hard on an individual basis. It's just the way things are like developing and they just, oh, I definitely have to say, you know, like you see the classic Facebook and everyone puts the new current thing badge up, right? Like it's right. basically a form of an apology. Yeah. Right. Do they really mean it? Have they actually interacted with the person in a better manner than before mm-hmm. because of what they've seen? You know, like that, that's really what it should come down to. I don't know. I'm just very bread and butter and like, like feet on the street, like just be a better person daily. Yeah, you know, you don't have to like like people that show up at church and sit in the front row because they want to show people that they're more virtuous. It's yeah. horrible. Well, I mean, some <laughs> people might just want the yeah. I mean, for the right reasons, for the right reasons. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you know, it's the same thing playing out over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting when you think of. I think it's really important that people have the characteristic of self self reflection. Like, I think it's really important to be able to step back, maybe take ten minutes at the end of the day, and be like let's go over the day and how I behaved. Because like when you think of, you th- I, I just have this image in my mind of somebody waking up just being like getting on with their day, just retweeting a bunch of stuff on Twitter and just being like participating in these angry mobs, sing- issuing fake apologies or like just doing everything and without any kind of self-analysis where, where it's like, like at some at some point don't you have to be like, like, wait a minute, did I, like, am I, I'm a human being, right? Like, I, like, like, don't I genuinely want to feel some of these things? And don't I genuinely want to, like, think for myself? And, yeah. y- you know, I, I, it's... No, they don't. But but it's amazing because it's like, what do you it's just cry yourself to sleep at night? Like, like because I would think that people like this, they're it's still... like alcohol. Using. They just, they just, it's their version of, like, I'm just going to diffuse the pain. Maybe. And you just don't think about it until you have some crisis. Yeah. Or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now you got me thinking, should I have apologized for more stuff in my life? <laughs> I'm like staring at the clouds in the sky well, going, I think beautiful uh, summer day here in this, Canada. This is the thing that I've noticed with people. Uh, I you feel know, guilty that I can't come up with some like big ones. Well, uh, to be fair, I've thought this over the past week or whatever. So I'm kind of putting because you on the spot. nobody's perfect. There's certainly things, but none of them, mine seem like I would put them in the category of trivi- trivial and growth curves. Right. You know, if I were just to just quickly sess out something, you know? Well, I, I think that... Um, one thing I noticed, like, with people these days, and I don't know if this has always been the case, but people never think that they're the ones that people are talking about. So, like, like if you're talking about, like, right now we're talking about um, people who don't say they're sorry. And, uh, you know, I think most people listening to this would be like, I don't know, like, you know, I like our listeners probably have a lot, a greater self-reflection than, than most. But, like, I, I think that there's... Oftentimes I'll be in a conversation with people and like I've heard, I've had people talk to me about how 
crappy cancel culture is. Mm-hmm. And, and in my head, I'm like, yeah, but you do it. Like, I've seen you do it. You know what I mean? And you're just not making the connection here. I've never seen more self-projectionism than the last, like, five, ten years. And yeah, you can really yeah. see it online. Like, you see the sentence structure there. And they're like, okay, wait a sec. This is right. not just, like, words that are flying by quickly. I can analyze your sentence, and you're completely just projecting your own fears or yeah, tribalism oh yeah, yeah. on me. You know, like, um, and you're not, they're not understanding the context from where I'm actually, a, you know, like, hey, we're friends. We can yeah, figure yeah. this out, you know? Um. But I, I, I do think that there's a lot of people, and I, I often am querying myself to see if I do this because I'm, I'm conscious of it, but like people will, people never think they're on the bad side. People will always think when you, when you're talking to people about like, you know, COVID or whatever, I'm sure you get a lot of your clients are like, like, um, you know, like, like there's a lot of, there's this Drop it already defense, yeah, 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 there's this sure. self-defense mechanism sure. or whatever. It's like, well, I'm not like, it's like, yeah, I know all these ill-informed people. Right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but you're kind of, yeah, you know, the, in many ways. I tried to, oh, in terms of that. And it's an interesting thing. Like, yeah, um, work is work and you know, um, COVID is COVID and I try not to mix the two unless the person I know really well and mm-hmm. we have a sort of like type of relationship and, um, and whatnot. But um, I'll tell you one thing that I, it's not so much an apology, but a trait that I didn't have when I first moved to Greece. So I was very Canadian and I was very, you know, apologetic, sorry, wait in the queue. Right, right. That sort of norms that we grew up with. And I realized, and it didn't happen quickly, but it took about two, three, four years that like, if you behave like that there, you're going to get eaten alive. So then you have to develop a sort of like a cynical, um, they said yes, but it probably means at best maybe, um, And, and uh, I'm, uh, there's no mechanism here to really think for me. I'm on my own in a foreign country with nobody around. Mm. Go. It's all individual. It's all you. And you're going to be hoping for the best. You know, you always take a positive approach to the world, but completely preparing, expecting and preparing for the worst. And that can mm. be whether it's getting paperwork done for the business we're opening, dealing with uh, franchise managers, dealing with staffing, dealing with uh, uh, strikes. The country was going bankrupt when we were there. So we had you know, riot police and tear gas and everything going on. Mm. And you just realize, like, if I wait for the system to do what I needed to do, I'll be dead. So I have to start to pick up the pace. And right. that makes you really kind of more edgier, right? Yeah. So then flash, uh, fast forward, we're back in Canada now for about the same length of time as I was away, about 10 years. And I haven't quite let go of some of those more jumpy attributes. And they don't always serve me best in Canada. Because mm. for the most part, things in Canada are the way they seem. You know, public health tells you to do something, you're generally going to be okay. You know, the uh, here the Canada, the IRS, the CRA asks you to pay something, you're generally happy where the taxes go and know it's going to be utilized in the same way. Mm. And I find myself still dialed in in my Greek mode, maybe a little more than... Um, what the average client is expecting, and it can be a little off-putting. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Now, is that something to apologize for? It's just something I've lived, and I'm, I'm aware of it. Yeah. Like I am also, and um, my wife has pointed this out, I can tend to now, and I didn't always do this, talk over people, talk you know, louder or interrupt. And if you I didn't notice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it, Jay. Um, and if, I, if, I, if, if you didn't do that in Greece, they took you for a fool. It's, it's an unfortunate, but sometimes there, it's like the louder you speak, the more angry you must be and if you're angry you must have right because you wouldn't be angry otherwise you'd be a psychopath <laughs> Interesting, yeah. right so you're if you're really angry people are like okay no he's got to be right he's super angry and nobody just wakes <laughs> up really angry like it's a whole weird way whereas mm. so then to to know how to modulate that here in canada especially in my type of work where i'm with people all day long is something that when your passion gets going about something especially like what's been we've been through the last two years 
can be really hard to regulate. Because hmm. I truly only want the best for every single person I ever bump into, like hands down. You know, I got one chance to live. I think Perry Farrell said it once of uh, uh, Jane's Addiction. I had to decide. <laughs> I was I wondering be, who that name the, was like. What well, sounds the, familiar? The forces of good or the forces of evil. And there's a certain point in life you actually say, you know, this is my how I'm going to operate going forward. Hmm. And um, I always want the best for every person I interact with, and, and particularly those I don't get a chance to interact with, like in poor countries in the world. You know, like uh, prior to getting to the industry, I mean, I wanted to be a lawyer to not do to family law or to, you know that sort of thing, uh, real estate law, to help people in countries that didn't have representation. You know, it's really like my overarching um, drive as a human. And uh, but it can be hard to modulate that passion after you used it to survive in your formative, like I was like 30 to 40 years old when I was in Greece. Those are really mm -hmm. formative years where like, okay, I'm running a business, I'm on my own, let's go, you know? Mm -hmm. And to know how to modulate that back in a different environment, it's, it's tricky. Yeah, no, it's interesting the difference between cultures and yeah. like how one would act and one might not necessarily be how they act. Yeah, your adaptability can serve you like to, to positive, but can also then you have to readapt to where you are currently. Yeah. So I, I really sympathize like with like new immigrants now because to a degree I feel it in myself. Right. It's like, how do I actually do things here? You know? Yeah. In a way that's expected. Yeah. What I, you know, one of the things about this is um, Canadians are, are sort of infamous for um, their apologies. Uh, you always sort of see this um, played up and we do apologize a lot when I think of you know, it's so subconscious. Like, I, I don't know what it is about us as a culture that we do tend to apologize a lot more. Like, it's almost like sorry is just, it, you can almost insert it as a comma in a lot of our, um, a lot of our dialogue. Like, it, it's a weird... Um, How do you think you know, that developed? Weird. I don't know, you know? Is it from abundance? Well, I think British culture, just because we, we're sort of an amalgamation of British culture and American culture. True. And like, we get a little bit of each, but I don't know... Yeah, because, and British, you know, I really appreciate the British, like, I don't know, I don't know, this is like just summing a whole culture up in one sentence, but like, they just seem so bloody polite, you know, and it's like, I always find myself having a, a, a good conversation with somebody. You ever seen Shaun of the Dead? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. got a little red on you. It's like blood <laughs> yeah. from zombies. <laughs> Should have a sit yeah. down. <laughs> and, and, and to your point, that feels very Canadian. Very familiar. Right, right. And yeah. I think that's where we got it from. But I, but it does seem to, I do feel like we use it a lot more. And I've, I've um, like my girlfriend is American and she notices it too. Like I'll say it almost, you know, just uh, like, you know, I think it is good though. If you, if you sort of bump into somebody or if you're like, for example, we're having a conversation and you're saying something and then I say something over top of you or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, anyway, sorry. Like that, that kind of like thing I think is fine. I think that's etiquette. And, um, yeah, it's, it's almost like the authenticness of the apology built into the etiquette of the way you behave on a daily basis. Right. Right. Yeah, it smooths, smooths things out. Yeah. And I, you know, and if you don't do it, I think that's, it, there's ways that that can be done and also still be polite, but it's not, um, I, I think as Canadians, we sort of almost evolved this like, um, Ap apology you certainly you certainly notice its absence yeah like, well, there was a time we were in rome and we were in one of these stores that had nothing but like, like nice high quality wooden pinocchios and like all she <laughs> it's like very, a great store yeah <laughs> <laughs> and this um and we're standing there and just admiring just like the workmanship and there was a, a you know how those tills are in stores like that in europe they're just like a, a front like a little desk sometimes like mm -hmm. a big transactional area so there was an Italian woman sitting behind a desk, just kind of just minding her business. Sabina and I were just sort of uh, looking at the shelf, admiring it. 
And the door was open because it was a hot day and they didn't have the air conditioner on, so they let the wind. And this lady walks in and we're, we must have been about 20 feet away from her. And she goes right up to the, uh, the lady working at the toy store. And without a, hi, how are you? Do you speak English? May I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. All the normal things we would do in British or Canadian society. She just looks and goes, do you got toys for kids? <laughs> you know, and I yeah. tap Sabina's foot. It's like, shh. Like in a sense, like don't speak English because right. I don't, I don't want even want to help this person. Yeah, you know, like it, it was so rude right off the bat. Right, right. Know? Like you know, it's just yeah. really like very egocentric. You know, like yeah. look where you are. You know, yeah, yeah you're in Italy. She's gonna speak Italian. Ask her, you know, the proper, you know, yeah, yeah, norms yeah. of society. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. There was another time too where we were we were living in Greece and we were really quite Greek at this point in the sense that I hadn't been back to Canada in six years. So it was like, okay, mm-hmm. you're just there and you're like I was saying earlier, you're adapted to the climate you're in. Right. And um, if you're in a Greek grocery store and you are two feet from the shelving looking at the different types of ketchup, it's not uncommon for a person older than yourself. And by older, I would say at this point, like in their 60s, so different generation, mm-hmm. would literally stand right in front of you in the two two foot gap between you and the shelves right. and block your view. You're like <laughs> what the heck just happened? And that right. etiquette would never happen in Canada. You'd give yeah. that polite space. Yeah. You know? Interesting. And then we were in Italy, uh, in England one time and have you ever been to Pret-a-Manger? Have you seen those sandwich stores they have uh, in London, England? Yeah. They're fantastic. They're like basically fresh sandwiches on the go, grab them soup, coffee mm-hmm. and you're out. But like really nice quality. So I'm standing there overwhelmed by the beautiful selection of sandwiches in front of me. And I bumped into this British lady. And before I could turn and say, as a Canadian, Greek Canadian, oh, sorry, mm-hmm. she turned to me and said, sorry. But right. I did the hitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, and I look, I'm like, oh my God, that's so Canadian. <laughs> and I hadn't felt that because yeah. I'd been living in Greece for 10 years and that just simply wouldn't have happened. Right, right. So yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> felt the cultural arc, as you're saying, from like, let's say Northern Europe, Scandinavia, England, mm-hmm. through to Canada, versus like the Mediterranean arc where you go through all the countries around the Mediterranean. Completely right. different way of interacting. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. when you live that moment, it's it's like, just like, um, I don't know, if you've never seen a palm tree, like it's, you've seen it on TV, but you can't believe it's real when it happens in front of your eyes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, so a lot of this, you know, the growth of this, um, apologetic nature, at least outside of, I think some of it is etiquette. Like, you know, we were talking about almost cultural, um, even the preemptive apology where it's just like, you automatically assume you're at fault. So it's just like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like bump, bump into them. Sorry. It's just a polite etiquette thing to do. Uh, at least in these cultures. And, and, you know, it's not even better than, you know, like, um, if there's a culture that isn't doing that, it's just a different culture. I think, it, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily, I don't know, for us, it feels comfortable, but it isn't necessarily better. You know, uh, I don't think for, I think for us, it feels more comfortable. It, it, yeah, we're, yeah. It's all about what you're used to. I certainly, after a while in Greece, appreciated the, the uh, more direct approach to things too. Right. A, yeah. a, a, a sorry, sorry, sorry can be very like, oh, are you really sorry? Right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, are are you just saying anymore? it? Like, yeah, how yeah. you doing? And then before they actually, I'm actually not having a good day. Right, <laughs> right. kind of just, you just, fine. Yeah. <laughs> you just move on with it sort yeah. of thing, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, like anything, it's a matter of taste and you can take it too far. But I, I do think it, in a nice way, it signifies that you live in a society that has the space and time uh, through the abundance of resources to even be able to feel something like remorse in order to apologize. Mm. Yeah. Because if you're just, you know, trying to do survival mode, 
which you know some of the Mediterranean countries more so than the North are, you don't even have space for that 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 energy to to like ooze out of you. Right. You know, it's it's just it's you have to repress it. It's like when you're downtown. You know, living in a suburb versus living in a downtown core. And when you live in a suburb and first go downtown and you see a lot of homeless people and it's like, you're aghast, like, oh my goodness, like, I want to help everybody. Mm-hmm. But then when you actually start commuting daily, you can't stop at every single person along the way because you'll never make it to your destination. Right. So there's a certain like a uh, evolutionary product in there too. Yeah. So would you say, so I guess, you know, to feel more like these apologies that are based on genuine remorse or genuine guilt, like, um, this is, a, a you know, as we said earlier, kind of a distinctly human characteristic that I don't know how you would re- sort of replicate in an, in an AI. Um, I wonder, um, like guilt is an interesting thing. No, yeah. like, I mean, um, evolutionarily you sound speaking. like the devil <laughs> guilt is an interesting thing <laughs> have you tried any <laughs> um the, there's this uh, concept of um like i think like the the evolution of guilt is like got to be something to do with like communal you know we want to be part of the group because groups keep us alive and so sure. in order for us to feel well, I don't know though, because like I mean, that would be certainly an apology. Because you'd say like you would want to say that you're sorry for something that you did wrong, because you want to be accepted to the group again, right? So like if you you know just thinking back to the uh, you know pre um, e- prehistoric era, like if you're like in a cave with a bunch of people and you're like you know you you ate more than your fair allocation of um, you know squirrel the night before or whatever, and then you know the group is all kind of angry at you. Maybe at that point it's like I'm sorry about that, or like just uh, uh. <laughs> so you know because you want to you don't want the group to be mad at you. You want to be yeah. excommunicated or canceled by that group, right? Yeah. So it's like you you want to apologize. Um, so I guess in that way, there I can see I can understand the evolution of an apology. But guilt seems more sort of intrinsic, right? Like like it seems like like you can apologize without feeling guilt, right? Like you can just do sort well, of. A, maybe, I, I remember my first guilty experience. Oh, Do you yeah. remember your first guilty experience at all where you just actually felt guilty? Like, oh, I really shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's interesting, right? I, I, I mean, I, I remember something. I don't know if it was my first one, but. I was just a little over three, not four mm-hmm. yet. And um, it's a funny little story. Maybe this is my apology, but um, but it was more guilt than apology because mm-hmm. you're, you're three and a half. You know? Right. And we were at the local corner store and I'd seen a, this is really like juvenile, but I'd seen a Fred Flintstone Hot Wheels car. Right. All the intricate details, the the wood at the front, like like this looks amazing. I remember the moment, like admiring the detail. Right. And at that age, you know, you're watching the cartoons. Like my god, like I, I laugh. Did it have like feet at the bottom or something? Because no. then they run. Yeah, the but it had no. But it had the character. But it looked really good. I should actually Google it. I've yeah. never thought about. It. Maybe I have a repressed memory. Right. Because <laughs> I've googled everything else from my youth and I haven't touched that one. Yeah. You know. Um. And. Uh, I remember, uh, I remember lying on the sofa and my mother and father going to me like, Dimitri, like, where did you get this car? Because they didn't buy it. How did this right, make right, it into the house? Right. I had managed to make take it out of the now? package. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, I was entrepreneurial, but um, not to, not at three. Your dad probably would have been impressed. Yeah. <laughs> like, Good. That's what they did in my time. <laughs> yeah. You start walking early. Yeah. Stealing's not the crime. Getting caught is. <laughs> yeah. And, um. I remember, yeah, sitting on the sofa and they were asking me very carefully and quietly, like, where did you get this from? Mm-hmm. And I remember turning inwards to the in part of the sofa and not wanting to turn around, not wanting to say 
where I got it from. It was just a natural <laughs> instinct. Yeah. Like I've done something wrong. Yeah. And I remember my parents being like very gentle about it. <laughs> you know, they were very like concerned, you know. We were three, you know, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's, well, they might have even thought maybe somebody gave it to you or something. It's some weird thing. Never thought about that yeah. because I was overwhelmed with the feeling that I did something wrong. Yeah. So my father, though, I, I guess I told him the truth um, because then he um, got me up and um, made me and him and I walked back to the same corner store mm -hmm. and had me hand it over to the store, store owner and say, I'm sorry, I took this from your store. <laughs> and I remember that feeling going, I'm in trouble and my dad is doing, and mom, but my dad walked me there. He's doing the right thing. And it's important to do the right thing. And I don't want to feel like this again. At the time, you even thought he's doing the right thing? Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> okay. The morality was built in. Like, yeah. this is wrong what I did. It was probably like some, I even remember the feelings, like a childish sort of like um, animal instinct. Right. Like resource gathering, sort of. Like, I owe more stuff, right? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I remember thinking, that's not the higher way of being. Right. And my parents were showing me, and that's why they're parents and I'm a child. And yeah. they were showing me this is the right way. I had totally screwed up. <laughs> and I remember that. And it really kind of like guided a lot of my childhood years after that. Yeah. To this point. Cool. Like I, yeah. I actually gives me chills thinking about it because I remembered the juxtaposition of like my animal instinct versus like like the what it means to be educated coming from my parents. Interesting, and to always yeah. pick that path, if you can, not the animal side. Right. And I've never been turned on by money and like flashy things. Like I think it really, really put me on a different course. Like, well, like you said, you also had the morality. The behavior the matters, though, not the too. material items. Yeah, yeah. In all instances, you know. Mm -hmm. Sorry, what were we going to say? Well, you had that morality sort of built in. You were saying even at the time you felt guilty for doing it, and and yeah, I guess it wasn't hard to turn on, yeah. but I knew I'd let myself and them down. Yeah, yeah. And by extension, society, because I had to look at that man in the eyes yeah. and say, "I'm sorry." You yeah. know, and hand it over with my little three-year-old <laughs> fingers, you know, yeah. Well, that probably would have been adorable to the person at the time, like, but... Uh, but just like you say, when someone says earlier, like, when they make an apology, and just the act of making an apology diffuses mm -hmm. the entire situation. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm sure that's exactly what happened there. For sure, yeah, yeah. You know, and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's amazing, and parenting is a very... Education and parenting is a huge, huge factor. Nature versus nurture. That's actually, like, both aspects come out, because mm -hmm. I... Through nature, felt it was the wrong thing, and through nurture, they guided me in the right direction. Um, yeah, I, and um, I think what's really important about this stuff too is it kind of it's almost like a communal thing where it refreshes people's um, faith in humanity. You know, where like I'm sure when he's or the store owner saw you giving giving this car back with your dad beside you, he was like you know, part of them would be like, this is good. This is the way it should and be. And maybe more so because my dad being the immigrant with a bit of an accent. Yeah. And yeah. I have no idea what the nationality would have been uh, yeah, origin yeah. of the person working the store. But things were much more homogeneous back in the day. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking like the 70s at this point right. in Canada. Be like, you know what? These are good people. Mm -hmm. You know, who knows how he interpreted the entire situation, not just the child, but like the, the, the father brought the child back. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing, right? Just it, there you go back to the fundamental core values that uh, for all our talk about diversity, the shared fundamental values is what keeps us unified and we don't just decompose into fragmented subjective experiences. Yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. I find the whole idea of uniquely human characteristics interesting. Like, I don't know how you simulate that kind of thing. Um, maybe guilt, through, maybe right? through embedding in action. Like, because a computer may say it's guilty, but again, like an apology, mm -hmm. 
It requires action or it's hollow. Well, it requires, uh, it requires a feeling of, yeah, it requires a feeling of, um, there needs to be remorse behind it, right? Because if you don't have the remorse, then the apology, yeah, like you said, is hollow or it's like, I mean, you can certainly simulate, you can certainly make a, you know, AI say they're sorry or whatever. So it's almost like a trifecta. You got the remorse, then apology, then the action. And -hmm. if we're just getting apologies in modern society without any action at the end and any real remorse to begin with, well, welcome to the internet age. My uh, my girlfriend has a, a way, I've certainly found this out the hard way, of what she wants in an apology. So for mm. her, it, just saying your story is not good enough. It's like, um, uh, she. Uh, so it's like, it needs to have three three things. You have to say uh, what you're sorry for, and it has to be specific. So it can't be just like, you know, like, I'm you know, I'm sorry that you're upset or whatever. It has to be like, I'm sorry for this action. And it has to be, um, you know, why you're sorry. For example, you know, it'd be like, well, because I hurt your feelings. It's this, it's, I don't know where she got it from. It's a template. Like if this is some psychological template or something, but it's, uh, it makes sense. I can understand why you would want to go through these steps. Um, And you're going to tell me after 50 times, it feels natural. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have to look at the template much anymore. <laughs> right, right. I've got it down to a science. Um, and then the last one is, uh, which I think is ta- talking about your action point, where it's like, what are the steps that one is prepared to yeah. to make uh, so this won't happen again kind of thing, right? So, like, um, I wonder about, you know, for example, like the, you know, the residential schools, things like that, where it's like maybe – you know, you build that in. It's like, how can we make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen again? What do you put in law that's going to like those, if those kind of, I mean, this actually is kind of a good template for what an apology should be. I mean, um, it's, uh, it's important to make sure that it it consists of that last bit because otherwise, um, because otherwise the apology has no integrity. Right, right. Right. So your your story about your car and I think my story about, you know, the car, I think those both taught us life, life lessons. Like my behavior has changed as a result and yours probably is too. So both it's like, involved in automobile. Yeah, funny <laughs> enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, I've uh, we could do, you know, hours on apologies, but it's yeah. like I also don't want to just sort of reveal every... But integrity know. is a big part of it too, I think. Like it, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe this all actually comes, like, can you build an AI that has integrity? Right, right. Like these are really complicated, like, uh, uh, and they have to just be like sincere. But they couldn't. Know? They couldn't ever have in, like real integrity, right? Because you couldn't have the like, if it had integrity, that's another you know sort of human characteristic. Like it's like dignity. Like, do you feel like does a is a computer proud of itself? Is it a you know what I mean? Is a can you simulate pride? Like these are these are things we'll do like the seven deadly sins of uh, of humanity or something. Like what you know, I, I just don't think that. I well, because you can to your point, it has to be able the the AI has to be capable of doing evil, mm-hmm. but chooses to do good. Right. Yeah, that's that's a lot of programming. I would like to, to have a computer scientist on here and explain to me programmatically how you would make that happen you know what i mean how you would um because i I don't believe it's possible i just don't believe it like i i can't like i I can usually conceptualize things um like i i can think outside the box Uh, i just i but here it's like what 
you know, how do you how do you endow an artificial intelligence with those kinds of human characteristics? Wasn't it said before of all the things we've ever found in the universe? <clears throat> sorry, whether that be black holes and gravitational this and that and the other thing, the most complicated thing we have ever found in the entire universe is the human mind. Yeah, that's true. And we got seven brain. something billion of them yeah. on Earth. And yeah. we still have just scratched the surface. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, th I really think we're way farther away than we could ever possibly imagine. And I know, who's the famous guy, Hari, um, the, uh, the Jewish man who's always a professor about AI. He's always talking about, yeah, we are the new gods. You know, we will be doing, <laughs> you know, the Hari, H-A-R-I, but uh, his last name. I don't know. I don't recognize the name. Yeah, you have to. He's um, part of the, you know, World Economic Forum, and he's always at all these big events, and he's mm. always talking about how, you know, everything we see now will be replaced by AI in the very near future. Right. And just like we used to say, God created all this, we are the new gods. And just something about it to me just gives me like this creepy vibe, like just like, I don't know, I would be like a, a Jewish slave in Egypt and he's like the pharaoh, <laughs> you know, uh, commanding a certain amount of knowledge. But well, really in this in case, end, you'd be the pharaoh. Like, he feels you know, like the pharaoh. No, but I mean, you would also be the pharaoh because it would be the AI who would be the slaves. Yeah, but he's he's coming at it from a perspective that he has the inner circle of information that will be then oh, disseminated down to right, us, right. and he's that's why he's telling us this is what the future will be. Right, right. And I'm probably like, oh, okay, I'm really scared, you know, kind of. Right, thing. right. Yeah, yeah probably like, not a good idea to make slaves of the thing that you know are inevitably going to overpower you at some day. Exactly. Yeah, you should check him out. H A R I, I believe is okay. his last name. Check him out. Bone chilling, and you're um, for me. My instinct is like this man is a salesman, and he's trying to terrorize people, and perhaps means it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really do think there's a lot of you know positive. Well, certainly there's a lot of positive applications, even simple, trivial ones. Like, I mean, I like the adaptive search and stuff like that. Like, I know that it's like... It's convenient. Yeah, I think it's always like as long as people are balancing this idea that you have to give up some of your privacy to be able to have it, as long as it's all on the table, you know, I have no problem with it. Even if it's in a terms and conditions, I'm okay with it. Like, don't make it, you know, a thousand pages long, but like, you know, just as long as it's reasonable, um, I think that that's, it's helpful to have some of this stuff. You just have to be able to decide for yourself what it is that you're doing and i i think that that's um but uh anyway but uh, just um yeah. i did uh, just pull it up his name is yuval noah harari h-a-r-a-r-i oh okay and um yeah definitely it really ties into our episode so mm. for our listeners i would um, check him out and uh think about that in terms of just uh, the complexity that we're talking about here today right yeah yeah all right well, uh, I guess that's it. We'll just wrap it up. Um, uh, thanks for listening once again, everybody. God, you've been great. Um, I uh, would ask you to um, feel free to share this episode if you liked it and um, tell all your friends about it. And uh, we, um, yeah, we hope to um, hope to see you here in the next two weeks and um we try to make these episodes consistent so they're every every two weeks so there's uh just this built-in um i don't know consistency somehow Al algorithm yeah just something that is like you <laughs> know you human algorithm depend on it or whatever it keeps us honest and keeping keeping us making episodes and as well so it keeps us on track um all right no thanks very much for listening today and i hope you guys um all have a great time doing whatever you're doing today Take care, everyone. Bye.